0: Tune into to the Neil Prendeville show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: And weather stories, of course, um, still make the news. The examiner this morning is an own English story talking about Bantry um, wanting to kickstart and get back to business and get back to normal as fast as possible. Exhausted and frustrated. Uh, is how they describe uh, Garrod Wiseman, was counting the cost of the seventh flood since 2008 to swamp his, his family business. Uh, three generations running the Wiseman business, and they took a right hammering, uh, like many other businesses and homes in the Bantry area. Um, Wiseman's uh, one of 50 presidents, uh, sorry, one of 50 pre- premises, I should say, swamped during Storm Francis, all to do with cur- culverts not being able to cope with uh, flood water. Big questions to be asked in Bandon, actually, considering the big amount of money that was invested in trying to make things better that don't seem to have made much of a difference. But COVID-19 of course uh, dominates the stories and the papers. It's the it's the pandemic that keeps on giving in more ways than one, isn't it? Like, for instance, some of the papers this morning I'm reading from the Star says that, you know, they've got their survey people. They do research for all sorts of things these, these days. And apparently 70 percent of people who are researched and asked the question about other people who test positive for coronavirus. 70 percent of them feel that someone who has contracted COVID-19 has been careless are reckless in following public health advice. Uh, So this is a new survey that's out about those who test positive for the uh, actual disease itself. As in, it's your own fault. You're to blame. You were careless. You were reckless. You didn't wash your hands. You weren't sanitizing. You weren't wearing masks, stuff like that. Mind you, Phil Hogan feels that the rules don't apply to him. He's the embattled EU commissioner and he gave an interview last night uh, on the 6-1 news that I saw and it certainly didn't help. Um, the papers this morning talk of uh, Hogan attempting to write out the Golfgate scandal by insisting he broke no laws at all on all of his different road trips around Ireland and what have you and that he abided by the rules and regulations. Now we've had the three party leaders come out and say that he breached protocols he breached regulations and he breached the COVID recommendations in Ireland and it's interesting because I don't know that we've ever had three party leaders you know, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens come out and agree on anything and sign the name to it, but that's what they've done now. So papers today talk about that. Irish Times this morning gives all of the table settings. And I was asking the question, were there any property developments, developers at any of those tables? And there was two, at least two, uh, and lots and lots of uh, councillors and many senators and quite a scattering of uh, XTDs and what have you. So all of the the table plan is laid out in detail. Uh, in this morning's uh, Irish Times on the inside pages. So a lot of it is coronavirus related. They're also talking about the um, amount of people that have actually deleted the virus tracker app. Apparently it's been deleted over half a million times since its launch. I often wonder, would that tracker app made a bigger difference if we got reminders every now and then? I forget sometimes to click in and to give my symptoms or lack of them or whatever you... Uh, and I think if you were reminded, probably would, you know, like like anything. Van Morrison calls the whole thing pseudoscience and he wants to save live music. The Sun call it a rant, which I think is unfair. I mean, Morrison is entitled to his opinion. He's launched a campaign now against socially distant gigs, calling it, uh, you know, he it's uh, he's calling on people to fight back against the pseudoscience and save the music industry. Um, he's talking about wanting to get his band back on the road and gigging again and he makes many of the red tops today. Unemployment now is exceeding 8, uh, 23% as we head into the, well, the figure is for the second quarter, which would be uh, April, May, June. Um, but that figure, while it sounds ex- alarmingly high at 23%, the Irish Times this morning says that it's hopeful that many of those workers will return to work when restrictions to curb the spread of coronavirus are removed and things improve. The figure, the unemployment figures, will start to drop again. There was a A clear out of the Department of Health yesterday, Uh, the building was uh, evacuated because of a uh, a hoax bomb scare. Just goes to show one phone call, obviously a lie and a hoax, can clear a building and put the fear of God into people. Another thing you should be very worried about is the amount of vacant positions in our hospitals around the country. The examiner this morning says there are hundreds of vacant doctor posts uh, in hospitals all over. Uh, And this is going to lead to crazy times if it wasn't bad enough with waiting lists, but wait until the winter comes along. Why is it that there are hundreds of hundreds of vacant doctor posts uh, right across the country? And, and then health matters make uh, an interesting story from the uh, uh, the English Times this morning, where they say, and this probably is the same here. They're saying that children are being bombarded with both junk food. And gambling advertising online. Over 50% of those that were sampled, sampled you know, the different popular websites uh, for young people, including uh, YouTube uh, over the past three months, show a huge amount of advertising for food that's high in fat, salt, and sugar. And, you know, six of the websites that they looked at, that kids look at regularly, um, that they monitored, uh, had quite an amount of gambling advertising on it. And, you know, we're talking about 14, 15, 16 year olds here being blitzed with all the wrong messages, junk food, uh, and betting. Uh, the Echo this morning talks of four family members in Cork who are set to attend four different schools in the coming weeks. Uh, and uh, they do chaplain verse on a lot of people who are returning uh, to school, not just as pupils, but as, as teachers as well. And there's a very worrying story coming out of Donegal this morning of a uh, guardie who are hunting a taxi driver after a woman was sexually assaulted. And Harry Maguire, is now fighting to save his football career. He dodged jail, luckily, but he says he's going to appeal uh, his conviction. He's given a suspended sentence of 21 months uh, and 10 days uh, after being tried in his absence in Greece. Uh, he said in his defense, you know, the, the, con- the, the conviction was uh, assaulting police, verbal abuse, and attempting to bribe his way out of the clash with the police, saying, I'm rich, I've got money. Um, but he claimed, actually, in his defense... Uh, that uh, the only reason that this happened at all was because his sister Daisy was injected with a date rape drug by two Albanians. So it's an interesting story. Um, of course, yesterday we all celebrated the fact that uh, James Bond, many would say the best James Bond, Sean Connery, celebrated his 90th birthday yesterday. And all the other Bonds came out to wish him well, including our own Pierce Brosnan, and there's some lovely Bond-related stories making the papers today. They also talk today of Curly Watts. Do you remember him? He left Coronation Street back in 2003, so that's 20 years ago or so, and he says he would jump at the chance to be written back into the Rover's return. And I suppose for many people who followed Coronation Street down through all of the years, they probably would love to see Kevin Kennedy back as Curly Watts. I know they'd... I don't know. They, I don't know how they wrote him out of the series. To be quite honest with you, but it always be a challenge as to how you write him back in again, particularly if he was killed off. You know, maybe it's always. Maybe they might do what Dallas did years ago. It was all a dream. Anyway, some uh, interesting stories making the papers over the last few days with regards to the soap operas. How are they going to film and what kind of scripts are they going to have because of COVID nineteen and distancing and stuff like that. Anyway, as if we haven't enough to be worried about. The Neil Prenderville Show.
2: With Tesco,
3: save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie.
1: Anyway, I'll be honing in an awful lot more this morning on back to school, particularly the anxiety uh, of, um, you know, parents sending their children back uh, over the next couple of days. Some are back already. Uh, I think tomorrow will be a very big day with the return to primary and certainly secondary school. So our lines are open on that text 106 Interesting text here. Looking forward to the Jerry Butthimer interview with you this morning, Neil. I hope it's a proper grilling like he deserves and not a softly, softly. We all make mistakes uh, type of interview. We just won't do. Uh, they're the ones we just hear of lately. If it is, uh, I don't think much people would appreciate it if it's a softly, softly interview. He needs to go just because the heat is on Phil Hogan now. Uh, Jerry Buttimer might feel that he's been forgotten about uh, is never going to be forgotten about yes we all make mistakes but this was not a mistake uh, says Sarah by text well thank you for that I know you were looking forward to it many people were but unfortunately Jerry Butimer, uh is still not in a position to talk to me on air I had thought that might it may well happen today but he was in touch yesterday saying no not soon not anytime soon so hopefully we'll see what happens in the days ahead the invitation is there for him should he wish to come on, we shall see what happens. So sorry to disappoint you at this stage, uh, Sarah, but uh, do stay listening and I'll update you if anything changes. Uh, we have uh, in- interesting conversations over the last few days with our public reps. Uh, spoke on Monday with Michael McGrath, Mary Lou McDonald yesterday. We've got Mick Barry-TD this morning. Mick, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. The story that just keeps on giving. Uh, in hindsight, do you think Phil Hogan made a mistake? Given that 6-1 interview last night, he seems to dug a deeper hole now, right?
4: He did dig, dig a deeper hole for himself, didn't he? And his um, his arrogance was on display once again. You know, when Tony Connolly confronted him with information which made it pretty clear that he breached the HSE uh, rules, uh, he fell back on the old chestnut that, uh, well, you've got your opinion and I've got mine. Um, I've crossed swords with uh, Phil Hogan in the past. Uh, you'll remember from the time of the water charges, yeah. Um, yeah. that big Phil was the man who looked straight into the camera and who said, we will reduce your water to a trickle if you do not pay Did
1: he water. actually uh, say that? Was that a quote of his?
4: Yeah, actually the uh, the audio is available there on the internet um, um, if, if your researchers want to dig it out yeah. uh, w- w- when he resigns later in the week, hopefully uh, you can play it back. When he his,
1: resigns uh, later in the moments. week well, have you got some kind of a crystal ball?
4: Well, I I'm, uh, I'm I've got my fingers crossed here. I'm I'm hoping that uh, he can be forced to resign. And I've got an opportunity this morning to increase the pressure in, however small a way. And I'm I'm getting prepared here to use it. You know,
1: you're going before um, a committee this morning, are you? That involves the HSC chief, Paul Reed. Is that the Doll COVID committee?
4: Yeah, the Doll COVID committee is meeting this week. Of course, the Doll should be meeting this week, and they've kicked a touch on that for another week yet. But the all Covid Committee is uh, meeting today. Um, last up today is Stephen Donnelly. Then you've got the, the people, the doctors from the NFET. Uh, but first up this morning is the chief of the HSE, Paul Reid. So I'll have my five minutes
1: with him. Now, yeah, but he's got, nothing at, he's got no role to play in, in, in the Hogan debacle.
4: Yeah, in one sense you're right. But I mean, he is the, uh, he is the chief of the HSE. And Hogan was trying to make out last night that he was operating within HSE guidelines. I think it's fairly clear that he wasn't. uh, But we'll just uh, get the the chief of the HSE today to make clear that when he broke the quarantine, he broke the HSE rules. Also, I see the Irish Times have uh, a little story this morning with some other snippets of information about how Hogan broke the rules.
1: Yeah, talk to me about that. I did see that. One involves a Leinster woman and the other is a Cork woman, apparently.
4: Yeah, so uh, Hogan flew into Ireland on July the 31st. Um, He went to his uh, apartment, which is in the K Club complex in County Kildare, very elite, exclusive uh, residence. Um, He says that he quarantined there until such time as he went up to Dublin for some medical procedure on the 5th of August, and he got his COVID test there. So what was he doing between the time that he flew in and uh, the time that he... um, He went up to Dublin. Well, he was in the K-Club, but it it seems he wasn't confined to his room in quarantine. The woman from Leinster says that she had a meal in their restaurant. In the
1: the restaurant in the K-Club, is it?
4: Public restaurant, yes. And who was at the table behind her dining with two other gentlemen? It it, it was only the bold Phil Hogan. Uh, On Friday
1: uh, the 31st of July, she said she saw him in the restaurant.
4: Yeah, five, five or six days before his COVID test, the day he flew in from Belgium, uh, which is certainly a non-Green List country by any standards. Uh, and then the Times interview a woman uh, who's a Cork woman, who says basically that she saw him out and about within the K Club uh, during those four or five days, you know, the the public areas within the, uh, the uh, uh, complex, uh, mixing fairly freely and strolling about the place. Um, so, I mean, that's clearly a breach of quarantine, but I'm just going to ask the boss of the HSE this morning, to confirm that it's a breach of quarantine. Yeah, well, he should have been
1: isolating. We all know that, although he he, he doesn't necessarily agree. But he should have been isolating. But did he say that he was isolating for that period, 31st of July to the 5th of August?
4: He did, yeah. He said he was isolating... uh, He self-isolated for uh, the days up to to the 5th. So he, he, it, it does seem that he stayed in the K-Club, but he wasn't in his room. He was out and about in the restaurant and uh, out and about
1: in the complex. So yeah. is he, would you think you could say, I was isolating around the K-Club?
4: Well, that's not isolation. And I'll be asking the, the chief of the HSE to confirm today that it's not isolation. As I say, it's, it's, it's not going to make a huge difference, but if it's an extra ounce of uh, pressure, and open the temperature on uh, Mr. Hogan. Well, that that'll be uh, a bit of work for me to do this morning.
1: Okay. So these two different individuals say that they saw him around the K Club, having dinner in the K K Club, walking around the resort at a time when he claimed that he was isolating in his house or apartment within the K Club. All right. So, um, actually, why why wasn't there the same amount of uh, annoyance or anger? Didn't Mihal Martin fly out of the country, and didn't Billy Kelleher fly into the country?
4: Um, Billy Kelleher flew into the country uh, and Billy Kelleher, um, the whistle was blown there.
1: Um, He broke the guidelines very clearly. So why isn't anybody screaming and roaring for his head at the time? I mean, he's an MEP.
4: Um, What Billy Kelleher did uh, was raised. Uh, It didn't seem to evoke the same kind of public furore. Uh, I think what what has tended to happen here is that after the way they tried to stop unemployed people at the airports in July, give the pay increase to the junior ministers and the whole thing about the resignation of Cowan, that uh, what happened at the the golf club in North Galway just was the last straw for people, particularly when 81 individuals were involved, uh, all of the, the so-called great and the good of, of, of the elite within uh, our society. And that's an interesting point, actually, that I'm not sure really has been fully drawn out in the debate around it yet, Um, you know, the the establishment, what socialists might call the ruling class, do a lot of their business outside of official structures. There's no minutes taken of the decisions that are made on the golf courses. And uh, we see here uh, a coming together of TDs, senators, EU commissioners, high court judges, actually an ambassador from a dictatorship. Uh, Morocco, and I doubt if the only business that was being done over those two or three days was uh, pitching and putting and driving. So the ball. So you
1: think that business is done there and favors are traded at these events?
4: Absolutely, yes, uh, and I think that uh, it's it's an exclusive uh, club where um, um, you know basically the, the the rich plan how to stay rich and to keep the ordinary people in their place. Okay, did you get an invite? Um. No, I don't think it did uh, I asked my um, doll secretary uh, Finnean uh, To check Did we receive an email Maybe two months back Or whatever Obviously I'm not a member Of the Oireachtas uh, uh, Golf Society uh, But it appears That we didn't even Receive an invite There had been some Well you hardly get
1: one If you don't play golf Do you play golf?
4: Uh, I I would play golf. Uh, I would have been a useful pitch and foot player when I was younger, but uh, uh, unfortunately, I I, I don't uh, play so much these days. I think golf is a is a great game. I think it's a a pity about some of the some of the people who play it, though. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, just look at the gang that you had up in North North County Galway. <laughs> I mean-
1: I think it's extraordinary that 81 of them went in. I know I keep on asking this question, and it's a question I wanted to put to Jerry Buttermore. It's amazing that 81 of them walked in and not one of them walked out in fear of their lives.
4: You think uh, yeah, somebody well, would? I mean, there was reports that Enda uh, Kenny said, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to have any hand actor part in that. Um, but he kept dumb about it. He certainly didn't... Uh, Seem to be ringing Varadkar or the media or anything like that. He just he just kept it as a personal matter when he should have blown the whistle on it, you know.
1: Mm, okay, so let's see what happens then this morning. Um, this is a story that keeps on giving, but your money is on what? Hogan resigning or being sacked by his EU boss, which?
4: Um, I think that um, the statement this morning, which came from Varadkar, Martin and Ryan, uh, basically contradicting what Hogan said last night and saying that there was clear breaches. Um they're saying that because they're under pressure from public opinion. Uh, and I think them saying it increases the pressure on the EU bosses here. I still could go either way. But whereas the other day I thought that they were pro- probably going to let him off the hook, uh, the establishment looking after the establishment. I wouldn't rule out if the level of anger now uh, uh, resulted in him being forced to resign in the next day or two. But okay.
1: We'll push it as hard as we can. All right, let's see what happens. Thanks for now. I'll let you get on, Mick Barry uh, TD. The government aren't the only ones uh, with this kind of carry-on, Neil. An abra mine went on holidays with her family to England for two weeks and they returned Saturday 15th of August. She returned to work uh, on Thursday the 20th in a hospital. Isn't this just disgraceful uh, from someone who was a frontline worker that we were all clapping for and praising? I did contact the hospital who said they would investigate this. She's at work anyway, so that obviously wasn't much of an investigation, don't you think? I also contacted the guards. I called a friend of mine who's a guard and asked, how would you access the passenger locator forms? As this is the only way to prove she left and he doesn't even know how to track down the forms. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think it's a very, very... I know it's a very unfortunate thing that she did what, her, what she did, but it's also awfully unfortunate that we're at a time now where we're looking at our neighbours and reporting them and calling their jobs and calling the guards. Huh? During the pandemic, uh, pro- protocol and procedures should be sidelined and both the Commissioner and the Chief Justice should be dismissed. Um, it's what the people of Ireland want to alleviate them. Uh, from this scenario. The pandemic has made it necessary to change other rules for all members of society. Change the rules now for the judiciary. Uh, I think it's time for the government to go. They've lost the confidence of the people, especially after Golfgate. Uh, people hired them to do a job. The people now have to have a say and sack them all, call a general election. Uh, one solution to the Phil Hogan saga, why not replace him in Europe with Veradkar? Leo is well thought of in Europe and he could be well capable of taking over Hogan's position in Europe during this crucial Brexit time. Leo has his sights on Europe anyway, says Bill. I didn't know that. Sad reflection of the country when people want Varadkar back as leader. Uh, the reason it took him five counts to get back into power was that he was not up to the job anyway. The basics of society were a mess under him, such as the housing crisis, homelessness, health, all in a dire situation. Actually, our choice of leaders in power at the moment is actually as bad as America and another one or two if the invites for the golf event were sent out two months ago did anyone not think we're in the middle of a pandemic maybe we should cancel it how would they know what position the country would be in two months later at morning the Guardi have been very quick to inspect premises when they're possibly in breach of guidelines why didn't the local super instruct his officers to break up the gathering or was he at it as well no he wasn't he wasn't I looked at the, the guest list this morning uh, you said that this was a Fianna Fáil golf classic. It wasn't. It was an Eroctus golf dinner. Uh, it is important that you correct that. You're absolutely right. I did at one stage incorrectly say a Fianna Fáil golf classic. It was cross-party. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106. Tara standing by. Thank you, Tara. Just give me two minutes.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to
1: 106 Red FM. Reams and reams and reams of texts from parents who are very, very worried and anxious about the return of school. Um, here's an interesting one: very nervous that loads of UCC students throughout Ireland apparently went to Greece on holidays last week. They've loads of younger siblings in secondary schools. One lady was talking. I was talking to said her daughters and friends had all gone uh, to Greece, uh, and there's many more like that. I don't think the kids should go back because cases are going up. I'm sick with worry sending the kids back. It should be a choice if parents want to send them or not. The parents can do work at home with them if they are able to. I don't know if there's any clarification even as to what would happen to a parent who didn't send a child to primary or a teenager to secondary school. Tara, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You're, you're, yours are much younger than that, though, aren't they?
5: Yeah, I have a preschooler who was starting second year of preschool yesterday and he has a boy who's used to start um, third class um today week.
1: This day weekend um, what what are your plans? Did you send the preschooler back yesterday?
5: No, I didn't send the preschooler back yesterday, Neil, because he's high risk and I'm kind of unsure of like like it's I think it's just a bit unclear to parents of what the plan is, you know? So in my son's preschool there's seventeen children and three teachers. So that's twenty people he will be mixing with outside of his family home. And he's high risk.
1: And do you mind me asking, you know, to answer, but yeah. in what way is he high risk?
5: He has cerebral palsy. Okay. And so he that's... has a low immunity.
1: Okay. So his yeah. immune system would be weaker. His
5: immune system is very low. Yeah.
1: Okay. And what your, are you, are you, you, what's your fear? COVID-19, coronavirus, is it?
5: COVID-19, exactly. Yeah. Because like, so his name is Jaden. Jaden, for instance, if Jaden gets a common cold, he could be sick for three to four weeks. Last year, he got a bad vomiting bug. He was sick for six weeks. So, do you see where I'm coming from? It it, it just lasts way longer than what would last in a normal child. It would last in Jaden. Even though
1: very, very young children are supposed to kind of, by and large, sail through this.
5: Yeah, that's what they're saying. But see, I don't really believe that. Because at the start, they were saying children don't get it at all. Then they were saying children do get it, but they get it mild. Then they were saying children are carriers. I think they don't know enough about the virus. That's my opinion of it. And I think we don't know
1: enough about the virus, you know. And tell me this, have you gone to a GP? Because it's advised that for people who are worried or anxious about children, you you consult with your GP.
5: Yeah, I have. I've consulted my GP. So we've decided to wait for two weeks to see how things go with the return to school and how the cases are going.
1: And have you, in, like in the case of your primary school son, the nine-year-old, um, he's probably mad to go back to school, is he?
5: He is so mad to go back to school. I think he I think he will be okay. He understands that the social distancing, he understands the sanitize, um, and he's a very sensible child. So I wouldn't fear him as much going back.
1: Okay. What would happen to parents who don't send children back? Do you know?
5: I'm actually not sure. Now be honest, I know preschool, they can't really do much about preschool, but I'm not sure what would happen in a school situation.
1: Uh, if you didn't inform them, or didn't present to Dr. search or something like that, would there be trouble? I mean, what kind of trouble could you get into, anyway?
5: Well, you would, I'd say. You would get in trouble, yeah. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be holding back the child class Um. by if if I'm not, you know, like obviously, no, I I see
1: was, how it's uh, going. yeah, you'll see. We we will all do that and, and and see what happens in the in the coming weeks. But I'm just wondering yeah. what would happen to say, as an example, um, say it, uh somebody going to secondary school, um, who's who didn't have an underlying medical issue, but the parents were anxious and worried yeah. um, and decided to homeschool. Would that be acceptable? Oh, yeah. I
5: don't know. Really, to be honest, I so really, I'm just. So I, I think everything. Everyone is so unsure of what's going on. I think there's been no guidelines, like as in, as in, like they said to us. And um, the kids are back to school. They're all going back to school, starting at the same time and finishing at the same time. So that's the big chunk of people starting.
1: At and your your same same, same nine same year old will he wear a mask?
5: If he is uh, required to wear one, he will. He has, he has no problem with wearing one. I, I, I don't think he one. has
1: to though. Under thirteens.
5: No, I don't think he has to. So I leave the decision up to himself. He's old enough to make his own decision. Um, he, If he's not comfortable wearing it, he don't have to wear it. And if he is comfortable to wear it, I leave him wear it.
1: Okay, All right. okay. And you've been told that you need to do a temperature check or something. Is that right?
5: Um, With the preschooler, they're not taking temperature checks at the door. They're getting the parents to take the temperature checks before they go to school. And I just feel it would be a lot safer if the temperature check was taken at the door of the
1: school setting. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. appreciate it. Thank you, Tara. I want to talk to Stephanie, who's a qualified teacher herself. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What, what would happen if a parent decided not to send a child back? Do you know?
6: I wouldn't be fully aware um, of that. I, you know, I, I suppose, to something I wouldn't be aware of. I know when a student is out for a certain length of time. Obviously, it's documented by teachers, and then it's followed up. That's in a normal situation. But look, this situation is very, very different. So, I, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that, to be honest.
1: Okay, you, you're a secondary school teacher, am I right? Yeah. Okay. And are you, when are you going back?
6: Um, well, I'm qualified secondary teacher, but I'm actually working in finance at the moment. And I, you know, I do my own. I was teaching kind of in the evenings last year. Um, I went into finance just in the last year and a half. Oh, fair enough. So you're not
1: actually school. in a school, but yeah, you you exactly. do homeschooling, yeah. is it?
6: I did homeschooling. That's the reason why I suppose I contacted you um, a couple of years ago. Um, just. Um, it was a girl that was sick and I homeschooled her my subjects so I suppose the issue that like what I'm hearing from callers is you know they're all looking into it but what I suppose people need to realise is that for home tuition, there is it is there. You can apply for it. Um, you obviously have to provide documentation and evidence that your child needs it and cannot go into a school, classroom environment. Um, however, I think the issue where they're going to face now is like if you have a fifth year or a third year student, you need to get the amount of teachers in different subjects. To give the home tuition, so in my circumstance, I was the home tutor for a girl, and she got ten hours granted to her. So she was sick, and she had been out of sick, out of school for a year, um, and had been very unwell. So applied for this. So she completed her leave and start at home in one year. So I taught her accounting and business, um, and then other teachers went in. She got granted ten hours, went in and did English, maths she did french and then i did business and accounting so she did her five subjects
1: did, do the parents have subject. to contribute to all of that homeschooling cost of teaching
6: well in that well she was granted 10 hours by the department of education so you you have to apply for it online and go through i suppose the the process
1: 10 hours um, a week
6: she got 10 hours a week yeah
1: for all teachers
6: Yes, yeah, so she's got two hours per, so if you add up even the amount of hours that you, you'd have in a school, um, you were still down a little bit, but like two hours, she's got two hours per subject. But the issue there, and what I suppose parents may find out, because there's going to be huge demand for this, and again, I'm not going to comment on because of the COVID, I don't know what way they're running it, um, but there is going to be huge demand for it, is that she had to get, we'll say, all the different teachers. So in this the situation I was in, like I knew the lady I was introduced to her, so I got my friend to do English with her, I got my friend to do maths with her. I did business and accounting and then she got a French teacher who was retired. So she got the five teachers to do all the subjects. So but like it's not going to be easy to get the teachers because, you know, I know there's a shortage of them and like they're going to be you know tied up in schools so I suppose look there are just a few of the you know that's how it works and a few of the I suppose, challenges parents might find if they get granted hours
1: Yeah because ten, 10 hours a week is nowhere near the 30 or 40 hours a week they'd have in a traditional school
6: Well no they only get 22 oh no sorry they don't they do sorry that
1: um no, maybe They'd be, they'd be in there 9 to 3 wouldn't they? They'd be 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, might be 6 or 7 yeah, no, hours a day
6: short. Yeah like, they're definitely short um, you know and you know, that's just the challenges. And then you have to get the teachers, you know, to do it when, in, you know, they do it when they finish school. Um, so I used to go to her on the way home. I was working, um, you know, in a school as well. So I was I was homeschooling her then um, in my own time.
1: Have you an opinion on kids going back to school, primary or secondary?
6: Um, look, I suppose... It's going to be very hard, Neil. I like, and I have friends and they're all going back and none of them don't want to not go back. I mean, you know, like my friends like, love their jobs. It's, you know, they're nervous. And I think, you know, my opinion on it is that, you know, they're going into 15 or 20 students in a class and that's going to be hard. And, you know, I know parents are very, very worried, but I think, you know, they need to support Their, you know, their kids. The kids need to support their teachers. The teachers need to support the management, and so on. Support up that chain, but the chain has kind of been broken in the sense that the teachers are going in and they don't know what way it's going to work. Um, it's very unsafe. You know, there's a lot of teachers, you know, out there that have underlying conditions, you know. So, you know, I, I do think it's going to be very hard. I don't know what's right or wrong because I'm hoping it'll go okay. Like my, I, you know, long-term plan is to get back into teaching. And this year was a year I was going to, you know, look at it, but it's up in the air. And if I go and teach and the school's shut down, you know, you're out of work. There's a lot of teachers in my position, so it's all over the place. Yeah, but if the school
1: Um, shuts down, the teacher gets paid?
6: Depends on your contract, you see, and this is where the information they've come out with, there's a thousand new teachers needed. There's supervision and there's, uh, you know, cover needed, and I think you know, unless you get a contract, you're not paid. You you know, if you're covering, you know, sick leave or whatever, you're paid for what you work. Um, And, you know, that's where they might find challenges with teachers, because You know, I know a lot of teachers like myself who've picked up a bit of work or whatever, and, you know, like, it's reality. You know, you want stability, you want... Um, Absolutely, you, know, you want a job that's you know, secure, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I'm I'm very lucky since I've moved to Cork, I've been working um, with a great company, and you know I'm not going to, you know, I'm
1: going to jeopardise that, that any time like, I mean,
6: okay. but yes, I have such huge love for teaching, um, and it's it's a worrying time for parents, students, teachers, for everyone. But I do think they'll get back, and they need to go back. Um, but look, I'm.
1: 17 staff and two to. pupils tested positive at a school in Dundee they were three weeks back um, and uh, all of them had to go and self-isolate 17, yeah, look, and 17 suppose, staff but I
6: suppose like it's like no different when the pubs or restaurants or anything opened you know, we have to take these steps for places to open. But like what I don't understand and, and I don't know what they're going to do is if you go into a shop or if you go into a restaurant, you know, the people who are working are protected. We're going in with masks to protect them and to protect us. There's screens there. If you go into a pub, you go, in, you go anywhere now, there's screens, hospitals, doctors, you know, and I, like, it's just a worrying thing that, you know, teachers are going into a room with 20 students and for parents and for teachers everyone's worried you know and it's just that's where the worry is coming how is it going to go and I think you know again like we're not in the positions and we're not power. the powers to be to make the decisions what's right and wrong they're not being made in in my view but yes the schools are opening and a lot of principals I've spoken you know to principals they're off the walls and you know God loves them because they're working around the clock and they're doing their best and I think what everyone needs to understand is teachers going back are going to do their best um, the management are doing their best and there is a bit of teacher bashing after going on you know a little bit around and we're seeing it that you know teachers don't want to go back that's not the case for 95% of them okay. and you know and like like everything there's the bad and good in everywhere in every industry and okay. people you know so people have to be just understanding and let's go with this and try and get them open um, and everything go well and please God no one gets sick um, and, you know, that we don't have any anything to come out of it, only good news stories.
1: Okay, we'll watch it as it unfolds. Thank you for that, uh, Stephanie. Uh, this might be interpreted as a rant. I feel I had to write regarding the children going back to school and teachers worried about their safety with 20 children in one classroom. I myself work in a store, and from day one of this, we had to deal with hundreds of children and adults through the doors every day. Most people are lovely and control their kids and themselves, but there isn't a day goes by where I don't have to put up with people and their children uh, who really don't care about themselves or others, running around touching every appliance. So I think teachers have a better job by far as they only have to control one class of maybe 20 or 30 kids and not hundreds every day like we do. So please, teachers, stop moaning. Just get on with it like the rest of us. I'm pretty sure they're getting well paid for it, unlike the rest of us who are deemed essential low-paid workers. Rant over. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you to you and your team. Um, it's interesting, actually, because, um, you know, that outbreak in, in Dundee was a worry where you had 17 staff and two pupils. And then when people see a story like that coming out of Scotland, they worry about it here in Leaside. I'm so worried about sending my son back to school. He's 18. He'll be doing his leaving cert this year. He has a chronic illness. He's on strong medication and immunosuppressants. He's been cocooning himself since March. I don't know what to do about sending him back. There's a typical example of a of a parent, of course, who was very stressed and anxious because of her son's chronic condition. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 106 Steph, uh, sorry, Josephine, good morning.
7: Good morning, Neil, how are you?
1: Josephine, you're a granny, isn't that right?
7: I am indeed, Neil, yep. Okay. I have um, four grandchildren now all looking at going back to school, 15 years old to down to a five-year-old.
1: Have you been looking after them at all in any way, shape or form over the last five or six months?
7: Um now and again yeah i've had I've had the fifteen year old here with me because his mum was working right through the whole thing and um and he found it very difficult now they were doing schooling over the internet at times and um I just thought it was difficult for them, yeah, because they weren't used to it. But But I thought it was working in other senses, Neil, you know.
1: But does Um, he want? He probably wants to get back to school and back to his pals and back to some kind of normal.
7: Yeah, and I think since they were able to go out and and start to, you know, see their friends again, it made their lives an awful lot easier. Um, Definitely. And he's he's a, a sports player, so he's only dying to get back to his rugby and stuff like that, which they're hoping will happen in the next... In the next short while. Okay,
1: okay. Um, You you wanted to talk about what would happen in a school if a child displayed, say, COVID symptoms? Is it like a cough, or a shortness of breath, or a fever?
7: Yeah, sneezing and a high temperature, maybe. And you know, we are going into the winter months now, and you know, it's it's something that we're quite used to with the children when they do go back to school at this time of the year. They do pick up everything as we can ourselves. But I suppose really, Neil, what worried me was that I was listening to um, Micheál Martin speaking on Clareburn the other morning and he kind of, you know, went very, very, I thought, straight to the point about a child who displays um, symptoms that they would be removed from the classroom by somebody in full PPE gear, put into an isolation room whereby then the parents and a doctor would be called. No, I'm thinking, okay, so here's a little child, it doesn't matter what age, because it depends on a child's sensitivities, and it depends on, you know, where the child is coming from. Um, Some kids might take that on, on the back, and others, I I know for a fact, will not.
1: Oh, okay, uh, so I'm understanding, you're saying that a child would cough in a classroom, and all of a sudden, somebody looking half like a Martian, in full PPE, okay. full gown okay. and gear and mud visors and everything gloves escorts that child out of the classroom. Yes. You're saying that that then, would be terrifying.
5: It, it
7: can be, Neil. It, it can. Be. I mean, we're all after being children at some point in our lives, so it's very easy if we just take time to think about what it would be like to be that child. And then my next question was, well, what if the doctor turns up before the parent? So now you've got Here's a school setting where the child is very much used to just going into school, meeting their friends, and as you say, Neil, looking forward to meeting up with their pals. It's going to be a very different setting now, and then on top of that, this is a possibility there. So now a doctor may turn up to the school before the parents get a chance to arrive there. So now the child is looking at a doctor in a very strange setting for them to, to meet a doctor, and the parents may still not have arrived. Right. Now, I say that because what if the the parents are walking and they're trying to get there? Possibly maybe somebody like a granny or whoever is, you know, entrusted with the care of the child may arrive before the doctor and that would be most hopeful. But I'm thinking, has anybody actually stopped and thought about the effects of that mentally on the child? Yeah. I understand everybody's concern, around COVID and you know that they're thinking about the guidelines around that. But I'm very concerned that there doesn't seem to be any talk about what the effects of that procedure could be on that child. Mm-hmm. And when I did put out that comment under um, this Live line show um, I, I was picked up in my comment by a lady that I didn't I didn't know her but it transpired she was a teacher and her comment to me was that well as teachers we're following guidelines and doing as we're told and as I understand that I still feel that we have a duty to all children not just the children that we're trying to protect from COVID but for all children and if you're going to take that I mean We all are quite aware, I'm sure at this point, that the mental health in this country is appallingly um, neglected. Okay,
1: so in the event of you having any power to change what's been planned, what would you do differently?
7: Mm -hmm. I think think actually, Neil, what needs to happen here is that I think, first kick-off, I think they've jumped into this without giving it any thought. I think they should have sat with a lot of different disciplines and decided the best way forward to handle that. I don't think they've done that. I think they've been paid enough money to actually think before they leap. Um, Personally, I'm not 100% sure because you do have to remove the child from the classroom. So tell me how
1: you would do it differently.
7: Well, I think maybe it mightn't be a bad idea if they had counsellors employed now in the school settings. I think that should have happened anyway. I think it's something that should do be... Do you heard. think
1: it's over the top then for PP somebody in PP to arrive into the class and escort a child out?
7: Well, you see, Neil, if you're talking about somebody displaying COVID symptoms, then do we have a choice for them to come in with or without PPE care? I don't think so. But what I do think is that to call a doctor and call the parents I think what you need is somebody who understands what that little child might be going through to see somebody coming with that. So, you know, before it even happens, that maybe it's explained to every single child that this is a possibility. Take them, take them and show them the little isolation room. Maybe have some stuff there like a colouring book and crayons or whatever. I'm just making suggestions. Maybe not colouring book and crayons, maybe plastic toys that can be actually cleaned. But you're talking about making them comfortable letting them know what's happening
1: to them before it'll ever happen. Because they, so yeah, they, they could well be frightened at what's going on. Exactly, Neil. Okay. Okay. And okay. that can happen to any
7: child. It doesn't okay. matter what
1: age. Well, should it could happen to an adult as well. You're waiting it's, for a exactly. test and you're sick. And yeah, that's my All right. point, Okay, mate. Good point. That's Thank you for point. it. Appreciate that. Thank you. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 106 Thanks, Josephine. Back after the break.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104-106. Red FM.
1: Morning, Neil. How about you speak to parents and teachers that want to go back would you stop putting the fear into listeners by putting people on the air that don't want their children to go back and teachers that don't want to go back neil you are so one sided i'm not coming on but please read this out everyone is back to work supermarkets everybody teachers need to get over it and go to work or else go off pay that by text to 0868 104 106. and amongst them i think uh, who's mad keen for them to go back is carl carl good morning
8: Morning, Ian. How are you?
1: I'm good. So you've been out uh, doing grocery shopping for school lunches.
8: School lunches. For the first time since the 12th of March. Excited? Just, yeah, over the moon.
1: <laughs> are they excited?
8: Uh, they are excited. All, three of them starting, well, tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. One in junior infants, one in second and one in sixth. And, yeah, they can't wait to go back. Can't wait to can to socialise, which I feel is a huge part in school society for kids and the learning aspect is, is yeah, it's something that they do need.
1: No, so no fear, no reservations, no anxiety or worry?
8: No, not from my side, not from my students. I have great um, confidence in the school. They have taken procedures from the A to C and the, who the World Health Organization and we've been updated nearly every week on what the school has been doing and their structure has been placed. So.
1: Okay, so are they aware of what Josephine was saying that if they cough in the class... Somebody will oh. come in in a full PPE suit with visors and masks and gloves and everything and, and walk them out. Yeah, the I, think that's a
8: bit, I think that's a bit extreme somehow. They're young kids still, in, especially in primary school. I have spoken to them all right in terms of if they do feel them well, if they're coughing or anything like that. What needs to be done. But uh, I just think somebody walking in is a bit extreme for young kids.
1: Well, that apparently is what will happen
8: yeah <laughs> it's just something that we'll have to deal with in the cases. If it
1: it's your dead right we'll just have to deal with it and see if yes. it works out and, and if it doesn't then come up with plan B
8: this, like I've said to people like, when the influenza came about 100 years ago how do people survive with it like the COVID now is going to be the new influenza the new flu we got to live with it we've got to just follow procedures the country are giving us in the World Health Organisation
1: you think there's an amount of fear attached to all of this then, that like that, people are just, because of all of the information they're being bombarded with?
8: For a certain age group, yes, I do feel there is. For the elder people, all right, yes, there is a um, big, big fear factor behind it. And I've spoken to quite a lot of elderly people and they feel the same thing as well. So, yeah,
1: yeah, okay, all right, so you be...
8: My age, I'm not too concerned of my age. I'm oh. in my 30s, so I'm happy to go about my business every day.
1: Okay, good luck with tomorrow. They're all packed up and ready to go. Listening to all the hoo-ha about children going back to school, I'm not long back from spending six weeks in a caravan park. There was absolutely no social distancing whatsoever between any kids and their friends. They were all in and out of each other's mobile homes, in and out of different cars. Please stop all the scaremongering about anxiety and let us try to get back to some sort of normality, uh, says Caroline. The Neil Prenderville Show.
3: With Tesco, save time and shop online. Simply log Gone
1: to Tesco.ie. I'm going to be doing an awful lot of emails, texts and calls with regards to our um, bill paying this week and I'll be doing a lot of it this morning. Um, uh, we've got uh, over two grand to spend courtesy of and and Credit Union. We're into day three. Big response by text and email. So I'll be reading out those texts and emails. They're all lovely stories in their own right. And we get some calls on air as well. You still have some days to get involved. you want me to pay a bill or pick up an expense for you? Just share the story with us. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Email Neil at redfm.ie. We'll Mick says once we get back to normal, we're going to see spikes, especially in schools, for obvious reasons. Like we've seen spikes since restrictions began to be lifted. We still have to observe the protocols. Maybe even increase them. But we need to return to some semblance of normality soon. Helen says children have to go back to school. It's up to the parents to make sure their, child, their children are well warned about the virus and to stick to the rules of the school uh, and what the teachers want them to do. This is nothing but scaremongering, says Selena. The kids need to go back to school. Their education and mental health is of utmost importance. If the teachers don't want to go back to school, stop their wages. Put them on a COVID payment. See how long before they'll go back. The school with the outbreak in Scotland was Scotland, not Ireland. Let's think about our own first. Let the kids go back to normality. They've been through enough finger pointing. If you don't want to send them back to school, that's your decision. But schools need to open. We have to try to live with this virus as best we can. Morning, says Angela. The kids are all over each other in playgrounds at the moment anyway. Kids are going on play dates and they're going shopping again. If the schools close... The playgrounds should close. It's scary for all mums, says Shirley. My kid starts back next week. We kept them safe for five months. I'm really worried about my son going back and my daughter starting primary school. If your kid catches the virus in school, they're going to come home and give it to the family. Stephanie says both my sons will not be returning to school until I deem it safe. Uh, A teacher herself told me she can't see the schools staying open past the first month. Hmm... Interesting uh, keep those texts coming text 0868104106. There's been a bad accident by the credit union in Farren Ree um, in the last hour um, Car's hit uh, is on his head apparently, uh, so please be aware of that if you're in the area, try and avoid it and hopefully emergency services are there and everybody's all right so that's a bad accident by the credit union in Farn this morning, lads. Uh, meanwhile Michael, good morning. Good morning. Dean. Uh, I'm jumping all over the place this morning. We're, we're back on on Phil Hogan. Your thoughts?
9: Well, you know, while we're all trying to get ready, I, I'm involved in school transport, and we can go back to that in a minute. You're involved in schooling, uh, is it? No, in school transport. Okay, I'll talk to you about that. Well, so, um, we can go back to that. No, while um, look at this game that's being played, I'm not even a supporter of his, of his party here himself, but uh, when we're all trying to get on with our life, it's like a game that's being played by idle politicians. Like, you know, Phil Hogan's scalp isn't going to help me. The people down in Dempsey who are trying to clean up their premises after the floods I mean, there's two only one that wants Phil scalp scalp. Or we have too many politicians and they have nothing to do. do you know, yeah, okay, but like was every, wrong, you what he know. Did was wrong, what? what he did was wrong. Yeah. What he did was wrong. Yeah. And it can't be reversed. Do you know? You okay. can't reverse it. It's also, I suppose, look, a fair experience out in Europe. Uh, we're going to be sending someone new out there again instead of him or whatever. And. Um, they have to learn the ropes and make the contacts and
1: all that again? Yes, but th- is there no price to be paid at all when everybody else, by and large, not everybody, obviously, ah, we're hearing no, stories I'm, of people falling. But There the
9: is time. a price, probably. But uh, there is, there is. He has made a mistake. But you know, is this scalp going to help anyone?
1: Um, There's always someone to take your job, you know. There's well, always well, there the next is, person. Is,
9: so. But like, I will say, I wouldn't be able to do your job for a long, long time. Ah, well, well, I I appreciate
1: (laughs) that. Nor would I be able to do yours. I I understand that. But But now it's saying he was talking about being isolating and, you know, didn't meet and mix with people. And now others are saying they saw him having dinner and rocking around the K Club. It seems as if Hogan was just giving two fingers to everything.
9: Yes, maybe so, um, maybe so. Look, I'm not a supporter of his party or his politics.
1: But you're saying going for a scalpel won't make a blind bit of difference? Not a blind bit of difference to the
9: people who are trying to get on with their lives. Come out of lockdown. They're angry though. They're
1: angry at politicians oh, yeah. who went to that uh, that golf do.
9: But you know, I'd be as angry with the ones that are that are making a whole, whole of blue about it as well. There's other things to be done, Neil Ah know.
1: yeah, but did you look at the did you look at the guest list? Like did you look at the table <laughs> you arrangements
9: or look? It was a good, uh, you know, who knows who. Um it was made up of people who probably thought uh, the law doesn't apply to them. Uh, maybe some forgot it. I don't know what could you forget it? you'd say like eighty people inside the hotel. Is a lot of people who could say, "Jesus, this test is well packed." Do you know? I mean, you couldn't. But since that,
1: I mean, no guards arrived. Um, did the no, T no. shirt? Did the T shirt know about it or not? Um, you know what? But what was, was, was the role of the happened, hotel here? Surely it, they should have known. Were they, were they not watching the news that? the night before when uh, guidelines changed and gatherings yeah. reduced? I mean, yeah, it's like.
9: Well, there's an awful lot of things, but the amount of time that it's getting. And the politicians in it, and just, they were, they were, it's like a game.
1: Who's going There was to judges the there, there was TDs there, there were senators there, there were property developers yeah. there, there was um, uh, actually an awful lot of uh, retired TDs, there was doctors there. I mean, like... Aren't, aren't people who should know that? What's the doctor um, doing there? Like, surely I be to I God, he'd an own. I
9: do yeah, I don't. I don't. But it's just, it's like a time when they have so much more
1: important stuff, it could be dealt with it, But probably. it's part of the important stuff. It's part of people being asked to do the right thing. Well, you know, it, it probably is. But then
9: when you look, say, on the news, and people crying, that premises flooded, all these things. The last part in their head was Phil Hogan and his thing.
1: I don't you know. know about that. I'm quite sure that there are businesses down in Bantry and some of them may have been saying, uh, here we are, flooded out yet again, yeah. stock wrecked, the business wrecked that's in right. the middle of COVID-19, doing all of the right things, right? And that's then they, right. they, they, right. they, they equally then could finish their thought by saying, and then you have these idiots above in Clifton, well, not that, doing the right that's, thing. That's, you know, that's exactly right what's
9: Anyway, that's that's
1: your thoughts on that subject. Now, are, have you have you buses that will be taking I kids have to school?
9: I buses that will take kids to school, and we are hoping that everything is the amount of work the schools have done and the teachers and everyone that it should go, it should roll it should roll out safely, and everything will be
1: board. Okay, and have you started yet? No, we are starting tomorrow. Okay, we're we going to Douglas. To the school and doctors tomorrow. And will the buses be full, or is it reduced capacity? No, they will be kind of as they will. Okay, we'll, you will have some that will be full. Um, have you been given any uh, special guidelines to operate?
9: Well, we have as far as, as far as safety and, and and on the um, gels and different, you know, uh, separate thing from the driver. There's another one. Then, for the children, with mountains that they, um, you know, what's so i their hands every time they're in the bus and
1: all this, and they will have all that. But all that stuff will be in the bus. Okay, so you're ready to go, and good luck with it. Nice Fair play. Go. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you taking the call. Carmel's online too. Good morning, Carmel. Can you hear me? I
10: can. Uh, Neil, how are you? Oh,
1: good. Have you children of school-going age?
10: No, I have, well, grand, grandchildren. Yeah, okay, grandchildren. well, Yeah, are Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
1: Is there any worry?
10: Oh, Jesus, oh. I really am panicking because I said to the grandson, you know, I felt like I didn't really, uh, he, my son, I said, I don't feel he should go back to school. And uh, the grandson said, Nan, but I'll have masks on me, all that. I heard you commenting there about, you know, that if a child coughs in the classroom... Somebody would come in and take the child out, and obviously, suited and booted in the mask and the visors and the white gowns. That's detrimental to a
1: child. No, I'm not saying that. A caller said it that that's her understanding of it. I got clarification from a parent regarding one school that says if the child presents with symptoms, What was the the part on it? Anyway, it it talks about... Oh, yeah, here it is. The child will be accompanied to a designated isolation area via the isolation route by a member of staff. The staff member will remain at least two metres away from the symptomatic child and will also make sure the others maintain a distance of two metres from the symptomatic child at all times. It doesn't say anything about the designated member of staff being in PPE, no, I, I, I yeah, don't. but who's
10: going to take the child out of the classroom? sunday
1: Um designated member of staff.
10: Designated member of staff.
1: The child will be it. given a mask. Um, it says yeah. a mask will be provided for the child presenting with symptoms. Uh, he should, he or she should wear the mask, passing through the common area and exiting the premises. Blah bitty, blah blah blah. But that that,
10: that that child will be inside the classroom and will be removed in front of obviously its friends and that. That's going to be a massive. Massive mental issue with that child. I
1: know, but we're going to have to toughen up a little bit here. We're we're, we're, we're
10: going to open up. I'll I'll, I'll tell you a story now as you passed a comment there earlier on about Dundee, 17 staff members in a school, and I don't know, was it three or four children? I'll take you back down out of Florida just for one second. And his name is Rod DeSantos. He's the governor of Florida, okay? He's a staunch ally of Trump, and he demanded the schools to be opened up. But we say the education board in Florida and the parents got together and went into court and the judge they won their case and the judge said it wasn't safe that the children are to be homeschooled and the schools are to remain closed. Mm-hmm. No, I'm looking here, Neil. Your principals, I heard another school teacher, fantastic. All these school teachers love their jobs, the vice principals, teachers, special needs assistants. They're the only people that put any time into this protocol and social distancing... But should they have to be the ones to do
1: it? They're the ones... The
10: government doesn't give the many w- info. You, they, asked, they demanded, the Board of Education demanded weeks and weeks back... For the government to sit down with them. But all of, but everybody, no, but
1: hang on a second. Everybody in the workplace, all right, everybody in the workplace has had to take responsibility for their own workplace. And and a school is a workplace. So I've, I've work no, place I've place no place I've, I mean, like the let the, let the principals party. and the board of management and the schools and the teachers come up with their own plan to keep their students safe. And what about the government? What party they're playing this? What do you want? Like they got money for it, didn't they? oh I do
10: know about the money I didn't hear about money they, they just threw money at them off you go and do do what you have yeah, to yeah
1: because it's a place of work like any other business
10: get on with it I, I, I don't agree with you I, I think it's very very dangerous at the moment with the cases like and the children aren't safe I don't think it's time to open up the schools I'm sorry maybe i get slanted for this I know they've been at home I know the children want to go back But my grandson told me there's partitions in between each class. They won't be able to touch one other. They won't be able to play with one under the yard. I I know we have a different circumstances at the moment while they're going back to school. It's a different, if it's a different world we're living in at the moment. Somebody says here
1: 61 children have died from COVID out of 139 million people in the main EU countries. 61 out of 139 million. A thousand children have died in car accidents. We should get a damn grip.
10: I don't know about that, Nina, that there's a virus, you, there's a virus, a deadly virus going around and we need to protect our children from this virus and it's don't not every parent. Some children must be sick in their stomach knowing they're going back tomorrow and what they're going to face. Some of them will probably go back tomorrow and not go in again.
1: We'll see, we'll They'll see. they probably
10: have a fear, a fear of God up them.
1: All right, thanks for that, and Carmel. I go
10: back. I'll go back to your, 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 your golfing, your golfing <laughs> gate now. Yeah. And and you were <laughs> on my face is in store from the scrap hole about you, Neil <laughs> I well I just have a mark on I I my jaw now. I've a mark on my jaw. I'll ask you a question now. Did you not feel the slap in the face when you found that out yourself about uh, eighty? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I, I had a lot of different emotions and sentiments when I heard about this. Were you I mean, angry? I was. Kind of, you were? I, I was I was, yeah. And I found and, I found I found it very, very hard to believe. I'm like a scratch record that none of them took a look into the room and said I'm not going in there this is not right I'm going home
10: there I was just... one person on the grapevine that I heard and the Kenny went down he didn't go in he played his round the golf and went home no he I looked at the, he certainly
1: that. did yeah, you're dead right he looked at the seating arrangement and said mm. nah this is not and right did you
10: also see that some people that were the attendees had guests in that as I call it, piss up another man said the same as me. Uh,
1: as you said, it was a Yeah, tournament. there was a
11: lot
10: of partners how there. Are, yeah. how, how, how many of them played around the golf, game? I have no idea,
1: girl. I have exactly. no idea. Have You're no
10: only idea. being told, they'll only tell you what they wanted to hear. And if you think that hall was positioned off, I'd nearly have to go in there myself and see it. And I'll tell you why the guards didn't go in and check for regulations mm-hmm. and the restrictions in place with that hotel. Was. One TD, I don't know, the Derek or what got a guard to escort to that hotel so that, that in, in itself will tell you the guards already knew it was on. They had no intentions of going to check it because they wouldn't be allowed you to. You could there.
1: well be right. As a minister, he probably did have a guard escort. Ex- he
10: a guard escort. He right. was driven by a guard to that. And at the end of the day, don't do what I do, do what I, I tell you. And I'll give you one more famous quote. It's a disgrace that they should have cancelled that golf. They could golf next year. People have cancelled weddings, cancelled Christmas, cancelled... Um, funerals like funerals people have big families sorry we can only have ten longer know, because I know. that's all we know. but I know. I'll give you one quote and you can they're a disgrace Mr. Lettuce Mr. Smithers and Mr. Veruca <laughs> to be ashamed of their life now they're my names because the they make me stick in my stomach Mr. Lettuce
1: Mr. Lettuce is Eamon Ryan from the Green Party anyway yeah right.
10: Mr. Smithers is me is Martin and Mr. Veruca the Veracca
1: alright girls, thanks for that cheers Carmel Andrew good morning what do you mean how are you doing they shouldn't go back shouldn't go back schools
12: well I, I think the younger kids they shouldn't go back you know how, how can you police the younger kids uh, one teacher inside the classroom with 20, 25 kids you know
1: yeah but apparently the younger they are the safer they are it's the teens in secondary school that uh, would be the worry surely be to God
12: yeah well every, every parent would be worried if he was waiting I'd keep them back until there's a vaccine you know I watch the uh, limits regenerate and they're the human trials
1: at the moment you know on a vaccine is it sorry on a vaccine no it's just your line's breaking up vac- you work for a yes, company a- that's do- doing trials on a vaccine
12: yeah Regeneron and Emirates. yeah right. and there's the only human trials at the moment in America for prevention
1: and for cure but that could be a year
12: uh, they talk about it uh, only next year Lee
1: ah uh, well you know Maybe. you know that's it, it, there's even a, a risk in that it could be early as next year but it may not
12: yeah, well, you know, I got confident above there, you know, and you know. But I'm just saying like yeah, there's a mill, is a million kids that are going back to school.
1: That's a good question actually. What is the number?
12: Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know just look look, cock cock are doing so well, monster are doing so well, you know, I'd be up and walking people people be saying to me, oh, what are you doing down in cock, you know, you've a you've you've low uh, uh viruses and all that, you know. So you know, just be careful in the schools, I think it's... Well, really you know, really not just schools, teachers.
1: but what are the co- how are the colleges going to bounce in September with regards to uh, lectures? Yeah, like She's I
12: have a in a hotel. we don't know either, you know, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just to be safe, you know. You All know, right, stay like, safe,
1: keep them closed. Need. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew, much obliged. Schools need to be more flexible, says Vicky. They need to have video-recorded classes like they do in university. There are no privacy issues, kids aren't on camera... Online working at the start of lockdown worked really well, didn't it? Uh, my secondary school daughter, um, they need to see their teacher actually teaching as opposed to getting work to do from a teacher and working for themselves. Um, I'm quite sure. Oh, yeah. And that and that could be done online. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say that with regards to the golf dinner attendees, each and every one of them should be fired. There are no excuses. Phil Hogan needs his pension pulled along with anyone else who broke the law while in office uh, or who allows penalties to be squashed. Um, are you suggesting that the guard who let Phil Hogan away with a caution should also be, should also be sacked? I'm a mum of four kids, one in primaries, one in secondary, and one who's starting college. So you got a a triple whammy going on. Please don't get me started on the disaster that is the leaving cert. We have a child already in UCC. My guy in primary school is due back Thursday. My lad in secondary next week. We've had correspondence from the school about basic changes and practices, but we've heard nothing in relation to procedures should there be a positive COVID-19 case within the classroom. ...among staff of the school settings. I think as parents we need to be informed of all protocols that may affect our kids. I feel like I'm sending my kids back to school without information. Kids need to know what will happen in the event. Kids don't need to have their universe rocked and turned upside down again at a moment's notice. Things need to be done in a calm manner, not by the seat of your pants. I spoke with someone from my son's secondary school and they could not answer most of my questions... ...as they simply had not been informed themselves... Well, that's the minister's fault, if that's the case, isn't it? As for distancing, it'll be non-existent in my son's secondary school. He is 32 in his base class, and to quote a member of staff from the school, they said that the students will be sitting shoulder to shoulder as normal. There's no capability... Yeah, but they won't be mixing with anybody outside of their class. I mean, even when I say that, I'm wondering. And? There's no capability to social distance, as the class size and room don't allow it. Additional funds have been made available to this school, being used for sanitising cleaning and supervision. No funds are there for additional teaching staff. Uh, it's a very lengthy uh, email, but obviously the gist of it is that uh, there's worry. My husband's informed, has been informed to work from home where possible, but yet we have to knowingly send our kids into an environment that our government has wardened us as adults to avoid. I know schools are doing their best, but the resources being given to them don't allow them. For what is in the best interest of our children? So that's a mum of four kids, uh, all of school going age. Lines open at 1 104 106. Lots of emails and texts and calls after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on
0: Twitter at
1: Neil Red FM. Yeah, somebody else is sending. Veronica says, uh, please show this to Neil. It's from my daughter's school. If she is sick in school, they ring me. If I don't answer my phone for any reason, they will ring 999 for my child to be taken away without me. Here's the email to prove it, and it does say that. We will contact 999 or 112 and inform them. Um, I will come back to this. Uh, we'll actually talk with the school principal, uh, hopefully in the next uh, 45 minutes And get some clarification, certainly as to what happens if there is a positive test in a classroom, what happens to the rest of the class then, or indeed the rest of the school. Uh, So I'll come back to that, but we've a lot on our plate this morning amongst them. uh, Yvonne, Yvonne, good morning.
13: Good morning, Neil, how are you?
1: I'm good now. Um, You wanted to pick pick up maternity, wasn't it? Um, And I know that you sent (laughs) me an email, but it's better to chat things through, so go ahead.
13: So um, I work for an airline and I'm currently on maternity leave. I had my baby in April during the pandemic. So basically due to COVID-19, I was due to receive my maternity leave top up from the company. But obviously these things happened and I couldn't. So my colleagues were on the COVID payment. So and I'm just on just my maternity leave payment of um two, four, five a week yeah. so that's a difference of €105 Euros compared, which is fine because you can't claim for more than, you can only have one social welfare payment, yeah. which is fine these things happen, these can't be helped but my gripe is um, my colleagues are switching from the government payment scheme to the pandemic unemployment payment the end of August and the applications for these um, closes on the 17th of September and anyone who hasn't applied by then won't be eligible um, and will just have to go on the basic job seekers 200 payment a week. So, because my maternity leave doesn't end until October, I'm not entitled to this payment. So, my colleagues basically will be on who it's all based on your hours. So, based on full time hours like myself, will be on 300 to 350 per week, mm-hmm. and I'll be on 100 euros less than 200. So I just feel that this is just completely unacceptable. I feel penalised for having a baby. And I just think that there should be some sort of, like, an exemption or a grace period for those people on maternity leave. Like, why should we lose out because of having a baby? It's not our fault. It's but not a lot of, of lot of people support.
1: that were on different welfare payments before COVID remained on them. They didn't flip to 350
13: yeah but what I'm saying is like if I was say if my maternity leave was to finish before the seventy before the cutoff point, which is the seventeenth of September, I'd be able to put in an application then, and I would automatically receive the same payment that my colleagues are paying, paying because i because it's an airline, obviously there's no flights or anything going, so there's no actual job for me to go back to same as my
1: colleagues so Oh yeah, they yeah, on yeah, yeah. they're
13: on
1: so when like so when your maternity ends you can't go back to work now are your colleagues working but both of you yeah. are not attending work but you're on different rates of pay
13: exactly on different yeah. rates
1: of benefit if you like
13: yeah yeah even exactly, even exactly. after
1: your maternity
13: yeah yeah i phoned up the um department, um, social protection and basically the answer I got was well that's just the way it is so that I got no satisfaction whatsoever And will you like
1: stay that. at 245 euro then for how long?
13: Well my maternity is due to end the middle of October so because I, I'll, I'll stay on the 245 until then which is fine
1: And then what happens?
13: I'll just go to just job seekers payment, which will be 200 a week, which uh, my colleagues ah, will be yeah. on a different rate then. they the Will be they be on
1: 350 when you're on 203? Yes. Yeah, I understand why you're very annoyed about that. The maternity's over.
13: The maternity is over. Now, I was told as well, well, you could just cut your maternity leave short. In order to put in the application to qualify for it, but why should I? You'd if
1: be you cutting it a month penalized. short, wouldn't you, Yvonne?
13: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you shouldn't be penalised for having a baby, do you I.
1: You are being penalised, actually, one hundred percent.
13: Yeah, because you're yeah. back. Like
1: I, you're back after maternity, even though you're not going back to work, but you're ready to work. But yeah. you're not being treated like all of the other members of staff because you had a baby.
13: Exactly. I feel completely discriminated against.
1: Like, And you are being discriminated against.
13: Yeah. Like I even suggested to, when I was on the phone, I said, can I even put in the application form before the off point so that when my maternity leave ends, that then my application has already been submitted, simple. Yeah, simple. that when one payment ends, that, that can yeah. start. Yeah, And I was told, no, that's not an option.
1: So you this could and th- and that could be the case for six months, twelve months. Who knows how long?
13: Exactly. I mean, we. I have. There's a new baby here. Um, we have a stepdaughter here. Do you know, like we can't just afford We we can't afford to live on one wage. Do you know, lucky but enough, my partner he is working. But like that's that's not practical, like we can't continue just to live on one wage like I understand rent, that, I mean everything. obviously
1: no. obviously, there's the day to day, week to week month to month necessity of money but it's the, yeah. whole, it's the whole unfairness of it um, because you know you have had a baby girl, a beautiful baby girl, all well there I'm sure you got the yeah. maternity payment, that ends you go back to work you're technically one of your in the same situation as the rest of your colleagues but you're on different payments
13: yeah, I just think it's completely just unfair. I just think it's disgusting. Um, you know, I even and on their the Department of Social Protection on their website it says I looked it up as well. So it said if you are currently on maternity leave and you are due to return to work but your workplace is closed and you are not being paid by your employer, you can shame the pup when your maternity leave ends. So on seeing this the other day I rang them up again 2 days ago and I spoke to a lovely lady on the phone and she I, I said look it's a bit conflicting I was told one thing but your website says that I can claim it.
1: <laughs> reminds me of and Phil Hogan yeah,
0: last night yeah.
13: yeah yeah so the answer I got to that was well things are changing week by week um, that's incorrect information um, so all I would advise you to do is just wait until the time comes and see what happens. Okay, well that's now, very
1: very vague. I have to say, um, yeah, you, you're working in the airline industry; you have no idea when you'll be back. What you're being yeah. told really is that you're going to have to come. Your maternity doesn't end until October tenth, but they're saying go back before the seventeenth of September if you want the three fifty. Will you do that?
13: Yeah. I don't feel like I should have to. I'd love for oh, I know that to be I'm, raised. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I actually don't know. Like if I if if it comes to it, and if nothing's going to be done, then that's probably what I'm going to have to do. But then the other side of that is, if by some miracle, <laughs> COVID nineteen is gone which I don't think it will be and flights start up and running I'm back then a month before that's a, a not, That's a month yeah then but then that's not
1: going to happen in the next month yeah it's just you're talking about a miracle it'll be one yeah. it be one five star miracle for that to happen <laughs> but, I mean like but, but, I, don't, I don't know when we we'll would be flying it could be, be next year will it
13: I'd say so. Well, with the airline that I work for, anyway, they're estimating it could be maybe even April twenty-one. Yeah, that's that same thing could begin, um, and that would be the very, very base, the bare minimum of the schedule. That no, one. I think there, you know what that's I mean? that's, so,
1: that's such a glaring um, error, really. You know, I wonder yeah. if there, I wonder if there are other women going back, and her, their dates are similar to yours, where they'll be in a similar scenario.
13: I've gotten on to um, councillors as well. i sent messages to people as well. So um, I know John Meyer, he said that he would look into it. Um, Jerry Bushmore also, as well, he made it to me back, um, his secretary, to say that they'd look into it. But whether What about TDs?
1: Do you talk to any TD? Who's your local TD?
13: I actually don't know, yeah. if I'm completely honest. Where do you live? <laughs> well, at Cormac.
1: Okay, well, let's have a look and see who would be your local rep in the Cormac area, because uh, yeah. the doll, the Even doll if it could
5: is just be raised. The or doll is back next week.
1: i would just be keen to see if there are other women in a similar scenario, because that's an injustice, really, to somebody who had a child. It really is.
13: Yeah, like I've already lost out on so much already. You know, like when it was the first grandchild that was born, so we went. How many, almost two months before a grandparent or anybody could see her or, mm. you know, there's mom and baby groups and stuff that you'd love to have your baby out, you know, interacting and kind of, well, it's not interacting. Do you remember, I you know, don't know whether I you
1: heard that email some months back from, I think it was, was it Kate, who was saying that um, the new mothers shouldn't be whinging and complaining about things like that, that all you wanted to do was go on coffee mornings and compare your brand new designer buggies. I did
13: hear that, actually. I actually laughed to be honest when I heard this because I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. It's not about coffee mornings, it's about being able to experience, especially with the first baby, being able to go out and like go to the mum and baby groups like there's swimming things at that. Oh sure I know. She I know that, yeah. I mean
1: she drove people crazy you drove people yeah. crazy yeah I thought
13: it was laughable
1: to be honest okay <laughs> Let, let's um, let's see if anybody else is in a similar scenario um, that should be brought up at doll level actually and the Dáil is back next week I'll be back to you Vaughan thanks so much appreciate it thank
13: you thank cheers you very
1: me. unfair anybody else in a similar scenario 1850-104-106
0: talk to Neil Printerville now 1851 106 Red FM Really
1: don't see how anyone can compare a Sinn Féin leader and, a par- and party members attending a funeral where social distancing was observed in the church and those who think they're better than the ordinary people attending a golf outing do we have to constantly go back to Sinn Féin's past to dig up dirt and the same old crap also went on during the election as did yesterday on the air with you Neil I agree that the Sinn Féin councillor who went on holidays abroad has questions to answer for me the real issue is this in this is who attended the golf outing I don't come from a Sinn Féin background, but I have become a Sinn Féin supporter recently and I passionately believe they are treated unfairly by the media in general. Sinn Féin have never been in power here, but we continue to be governed by parties that have failed us regularly and will continue to fail us going forward. I used to love this country and I served it for 31 years. But as of late, I'm starting to dislike this country and especially its leadership. The current government ought to be ashamed of themselves. They show no maturity and leadership in any way. Uh, And more so, the people who voted for them should be embarrassed, says Tom. Thanks for that. Did you ever think that it always strikes me as peculiar that you would have members of the public who become elected TDs um, with clearly no experience of that role in any way, shape or form, and then find themselves in ministerial portfolios? running huge departments like health or in the current case we talk about education with no experience of it whatsoever i mean talk about not having uh, any kind of skills going into a job that's a typical example of it um, somebody who gets elected as a dd and gets a ministerial portfolio you know that kind of a job should only come after years and years of experience in the job before you're made the boss anyway keith good morning 9, how's things? I'm well. Um. Oh, your wife. How is she? But she's in great form, nine.
2: Yeah? I tell her, know. And this is my, I'm serious, don't you No, I'm mad over
1: it. Okay, okay.
2: All my payments are stopped in the social welfare. I was under COVID-19. Right. And I got an ESP yesterday, an ESB bill to say that I'm in arrears. So I checked the bank. No money in the bank from the social welfare. Went over, asked them my stories. They said they sent me an email. No need. If you could get an email, you knock your phone. That they're supposed to have sent. No letter, no nothing. Just cut you off straight away. Why? No, they said they sent me an email.
1: The Department of Social Welfare, have... Welfare sent you an email. Is it saying that they were they're cutting you off?
2: No, not even to say they were cutting us off. They were supposed to have sent an email... To say are we still working and if we not the reply. Yeah. But yeah. I, mean, I have no email address. At all? At all. Not, uh, you have no email
1: address at all?
2: No. I was never on whatever that they they, they does their, this Facebook or anything like that. I was never on a, I might knock a phone here. Is your wife on is your wife on email? No. No. Did none of us I don't bother with it, I'd be honest with you.
1: And they, they claim that they sent you an email saying are you still um are you back working? Are you still Yeah um That's what they're saying they said they never for... no letter, no nothing. They have our
2: phone numbers so all us. Never and, rang us. And were both of you on three fifty? Uh no. I was honest. Three three twenty a week we were on we were on, the two of us. Each? No. Between us. Because the government said that everybody can live on 320
1: euros a week. All right, but that's... And that's what we were on. Okay, but that's a social welfare payment, is it? As opposed no,
2: to... No, I mean,
1: she's she waiting to go back to work. Okay, I'm not you know? I'm not 100% sure of what you were on, to be honest, and how much it was or what well, level I of was COVID. A,
2: yeah, I was under sick. I was getting 203 euros a week. Right, okay. Right? Then the wife was laid off, and she was getting... Um, money. So then they cut the money down there, so down to two hundred and forty euros a week, two hundred and three euros a week. I right? mean I know they cut it all together. And no excuses and bills to be paid and everything out of the
1: bank. So your disability payment's been cut?
2: Gone. Nothing? Do nothing in the bank this week? And how do you go about getting that reversed again? Should I be, we went off that we caught host on your man he said, should we send you an email I said, there's no email, I said, I have no email address. I said, anything that comes to my house, either comes to my letter. Are you knocking the door? But
1: well, they didn't know, send I'm you, not, they didn't send you a letter saying you must respond no, to this. No, never said nothing. And you said to oh, him, I, I mean, don't have email, show me proof, where's the email, show it to me.
2: So he wouldn't show nothing, because he didn't send it, he said, Did it pay
1: the and, Dublin sent it? and what are they going and to do, you do to, to, to fix sense. it? How are, you going to, how are they going to rectify the problem? I don't know, I Neil. Mean. I'm in a race nobody is everything. But you literally have no money to live on now.
2: Should <laughs> I say Oh, yeah. Give me some of that credit
1: union money. there? you get up with that? I think I'll probably have to, I'd say. No, but seriously. But seriously, they can't be saying we sent you an email if you have no email address. Neil, that's the truth. That's what they said. I
2: said to your man, I was never on a, a, a computer in my life. And I wasn't. I don't bother with them because they're not in trouble.
1: So, did you ask he him how are you supposed to su- survive? How are you supposed to pay your bills, by food? Yeah, he gave me a form. That said,
2: he said fill out that form. There. He said and uh, uh, apply again. But how long so will, will know, that I take? Shall sure, I don't know. I, mean, I got the form yesterday. Uh, we filled it in. They sent off. I don't know.
0: That's I don't know, I tell,
2: you, I tell you when the payments come in. All right. but I, 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 normally, no, Neil, i not, I. not a man for the crack, but I live with what this no, goes No, no,
1: you are a man for the crack and the good laugh, but you've been deadly serious now, absolutely. So are you, no, are you, are you, are you under pressure for a few spondulocks? And I'm not, indeed. I'm going well. For
2: I me, mean, I probably will be but with us in the inn, with this, uh, how long this is going to take. But no, Neil, no, I'd be glad to.
1: Ah, yeah I because mean, i'll give uh, you a- cu- give you a couple of hundred bucks if you need it like cause <laughs> not a. Bo- <laughs>
2: no,
1: no. no seriously, no, I mean, just... I am being serious if you need a couple of hundred lops I'll sort it out for you. Let me know
2: no I'll be fine that we there. that's it. it's just that look, do you know what I do i mean I' have to buy a couple of candles because the ESB is going to be crossed.
1: I know. Seriously, if you want to, if you want to get some bobs together now to pay the ESB, let's do that. I'll put you back on hold. I mean, you know, like I don't want to embarrass you, but we're we're here to help. So I'm going to put you back on hold and see if you want to solve it uh, with regards to the ESB. Anyway, I'm happy to oblige. Thanks, Keith. Um, that's shocking, though, isn't it? Absolutely shocking for somebody who was never on. Uh, email in his life, and all of a sudden everything stops. I mean, that, if that is reversible, it needs to be reversible overnight.
0: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderbill <laughs> now. 1850 104 106 Red FM. Okay, we're
1: only minutes away now from doing a whole uh, shed load of Balancolic Credit Union bill pay, emails, texts and calls. we got two grand to spend all week long, and we're looking for your stories. The happy, the sad, um the uh, necessary and the luxurious. We'll see if we can pay some bills for you or pay an expense or contribute to something that you want to buy. Okay, that's courtesy of ourselves and Balancholy Credit Union lending to the community. But for now, back to the phone lines we go. Cathy's on line six. Good morning. Good
14: morning, Neil. How, How are you? was
1: it this morning now um, with regards to first day back?
14: Yeah, there were two happy kids going back to school, back to seeing their friends, back to routine. One child going back to senior infants, another child going into sixth class.
1: And how do they handle it at the school gates because before 11 we had a chaotic uh, call.
14: No, we we all had text messages about giving our times for staggering off drop-off times so and we also have our times for pick up. So my drop-off time was quarter past 9 this morning and I was there was one car pulling away as I was coming in so it's very well organized. Is it a there big school? A, no, it's only a small country school. Small how many school? I suppose there's about forty-two families going into it. Ah, that's school. tiny.
1: Sure, that's tiny. Yeah. The one yeah. before it's eleven could have, school, had, yeah. could have had could have had four or five hundred kids, yeah. and then
14: no, no, no. This is only a small country
1: school. Five hundred kids and adults all arriving at nine o'clock at the same time. No, so. no,
14: no. We wasn't. All, no, there was all. they were all staggered times. There was two teachers at the school gate, welcome all the kids back, all by name, and talk. And were they, and they
1: delighted things. to be going back?
14: Uh, well, my little one going into senior infants was delighted going back. I'm not sure about the 11-year-old. He was more happy being at home. <laughs> well, he's not happy to but see I'd his say, buddies? Yeah, I say he will be after today. Now he'll be fine. He'll, he'll be grand now coming home.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's so important, isn't it? I mean, all you can do. And have you been given any kind of guidelines in the event of somebody uh, coughing, say, for instance, or having a temperature or anything like that?
14: Well, if if they had any temperature or cough or anything, they would have to stay at home.
1: No, but if it happens in the class, have they told you they'd be phoning you kind of thing? Oh, they would be, yeah. Okay. All right. All well then. Thanks, Cathy. Appreciate that. By and large, that's a a different story because it's a different size school, a school with three teachers and one special needs. But let's see how things are going down Middleton Way. Uh, Roderick Mears is the principal of Middleton's Educate Together. Uh, And he joins me by phone. I'm interested on a lot of different levels. Roderick, good morning. Good morning Neil. How are you I'm well, Thank you How many students in this school We have five hundred and eighty five students oh my god big school so what it's what protocols have you got in place well
15: um for drop offs um we have all our families staggered uh, We have three drop off times in the morning we have We have staggered times in the afternoon as well. Uh, we will do that in alphabetical order so families with surnames, for example, a to g will be in eight thirty. H to N eight forty and O to Z at um eight fifty. Um so siblings can come in the same door together. We we're fortunate as a school, uh, we one of lucky schools to have uh, many um I well suppose access doors around the school so we can actually um allow different classes to go in through different doors to ensure social distancing at all times uh, for parents as well. So
1: the alphabetical system, was that of your own making, your own decision? Um, Yeah, it was. It was in terms of because if, if, for
15: argument's sake, you sent, um, say, one particular class through one door at one time, what happens to the sibling? Are they going to stand outside and wait with the parents for another 20 minutes Good before idea. they get to go in? Yeah. So it was, it was trying to make it easier because ultimately you want a system that moves people, moves traffic in the morning rather than stagnates and causes okay. a bit more of a, of a, of a bottleneck. And
1: have you started that system? Are they
15: back yet? No, tomorrow is our first tomorrow. day, so okay. we, we, we had, a, we had a, a dry run with our new junior infants this morning where we allowed them to come in at the given times and we walked them into the classrooms, we showed them the classrooms, we said hello to the teachers and the parents that stood outside and took them home again okay. to allay some anxiety. And
1: what's the tomorrow. age group Um, from how young to Leaving Cert, is it? No, no, we're, Primary. we're a national school, Neil, national. we're a national okay. school. Okay, thank you for that. Um, and do you have an assembly in the morning where all of the students
15: will be together? no we don't we don't we the, the closest type of assembly in the morning we had was when children arrived they used to be on the schoolyard in their classes but we can't do that anymore it, okay. it's, it's not it would be a, too much of a risk to
1: do okay that. i've been sent photocopies from parents of different schools where the protocols are different when it comes to a child yeah. who might have a fever or a cough or shortness of okay. breath or covid symptoms yeah. what happens in your scenario
15: so if if a child presented with um, symptoms within the school we obviously have that we have to have a procedure in place to ensure that everybody stays safe as well as the child that presents with so we would obviously make contact with the
1: parents um, no but first we, up what hap- first up yeah. for, sorry for the current call, but yeah. what happens what with the child
15: so the child itself if the child presents in the classroom that they're feeling unwell we um, So myself or the deputy principal will be contacted to come into the class to have a conversation with the class teacher and to, I suppose, overly assess the child to see how they're presenting. Um, we do have a thermometer in the classroom just to check, look, that is one of the, one of the four main symptoms. We may take the temperature. Um, we then will, um, if, if, if they do have temperature or if there's a, a symptom or two, we'll bring the child then with their belongings to an isolation room. In the school, uh, that all schools need to have is an isolation room or area. We're fortunate we have room. Some schools don't. Um, They may have an area designated for that. We make contact with the parent um, to come to the school to collect the child. Um, We won't allow the parent to come into the building, but we'll bring the child to the the front foyer of the school. Uh, The child will be offered um, a a mask to to wear while they're travelling around the school building. And then we we advise the parents to make contact with their GP for further guidance. Um, because at the end of the day, we're we teachers; we're not medical professionals. That's right. So, the, so, so the parent
1: is literally coming to the school. Then doesn't come in. You bring the child out. There was, a, there was a there was a there was a caller this morning who said that the designated staff member in their school arrives in the class in full PPE.
15: Well, I suppose as adults, we probably be wearing masks. Um, when we come within with um, within a meter of, of the child anyway we 'll be wearing our masks um, and each staff member has a visor to wear as well but that that 's a level that 's the extent of it that's it would be a mask and a visor you know um, ha- good hand hygiene etiquette is the key we 've washed the hands we 've sanitized the hands uh, before and after um, and that that 's that's the level we'd be taking because at the end of the day um you know we, we need to make sure that child
1: is is, is i suppose a, it's an anxious moment for okay. the children so, so you then, don't want to okay so the child then is taken away and uh, the parents consult with the gp and let's say there is a, a test and it's positive what happens to that class and to your school then
15: so that's that's a very good question. And I suppose we, we have to be guided by um, HSE. So when when that child is in the process of going home, we make contact with HSC and we follow the guidance that they have to offer us. And that's, I suppose, where there's a bit of grey area at the moment. The most
1: important um, area is the grey area then. Yes, exactly. So a child has the, tested positive and you don't know what you do next.
15: No, we, we don't. We don't really. We, we, we have to follow the clear guidance that we're given. You know, what's important for us is that we we mind, um, I suppose, the confidentiality aspect of things as well. You know, we're not going to start blurting out oh we have a suspected case in the school. So we, we have we, we have to be confidential in everything that we do. We follow the clear guidance that we're given. And that's all schools can do, Neil. Um, at the end of the day, they may Suggest that okay, um, that the children within that class, we need those parents need to be contacted, um, and you know, I suppose the unknown factor at the moment is whether or not you know if there's a sibling within that class, does the next class have to be contacted too? But again, that's why we make that phone call to HSC. And I know that, but don't you think
1: that? That that's not actually good enough. I mean, like say for instance, in a secondary school scenario, all, all I wanted to know was if a child tests positive in fifth year, right? What happens to the rest of the class or the school?
15: Well, that that's what schools don't know. Um, as in, again, it, it, it's been in the media the last few days. The that's schools just the bizarre. schools don't have this, So the, the the roadmap for schools returning. Doesn't give you that kind of clarity of that those next steps. It's it's nearly. I suppose because schools are not medical professionals and so on, we can put so much in place. But then it goes into that unknown territory that we're not trained.
1: And who knows what? Is it Norma Foley know? Like who knows what happens?
15: Um, well, again, I suppose it, it's that. Look, I suppose she's she's following guidance given to her by Nefit and 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 those <laughs> those that health. But I see. I suppose that's you know schools have been planning to reopen as safely as we can um, for the last month um, and we put as many procedures as we can in place and then the procedures take us to a stage where we need to make that phone call to HSE so that one 850 numbers is what we need to ring then for the necessary next steps to follow um, and if, if I'm honest with you I don't know OK, you don't know fair, fair one enough pass
1: or more yeah. Okay. Whether well, it's the class or the entire school. Okay. And wh- where where are you at then with with teaching staff? Are they all comfortable to go back to any of them? Perhaps of underlying conditions that they're worried about.
15: We well, many of us, many of us, including myself. You know, I I'm, I'm asthmatic. Um, I have other colleagues that are asthmatic or um, have other ailments. I suppose underneath it all, absolutely, we we were all a little bit uncertain because um, this is all new once again. However. Our role um, as as educators is to reassure the children coming in. We want to see children coming in happily in a comfortable environment. It's all new to everybody. It will take a little while to adjust. But you know what? Teachers are phenomenal. You know, school principals have worked very, very hard. School communities have pulled together to ensure that we can open. Um, we are one, again, as I'm saying, we're lucky. We have a building that has space. There are other schools that are not as... Um, lucky, so. But you know, I, I think ultimately we want to see the children in. We do really do. We're, we're, we've we've missed seeing their faces engaging with us. We've missed seeing the the the, the happiness and the energy that they bring to a building, yeah. to a school, to a yeah, class. So, that, you know that 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 you know that's something that we have to be um excited about ourselves. But from a staff point of view, we've worked really hard. I think we we are prepared. Um and we are ready to see our children coming in and you know those little happy faces is 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 what keeps us going.
1: All five hundred and eighty five of them. Good luck tomorrow, Rodri. It would be great to Thank talk you so to you on Friday to see how tomorrow goes if you're free. <laughs> no problem at all. Talk to you then. Have a good day. That's Rodri Mears, principal of Middleton Educate Together. Lines open at one eight fifty one oh four one oh six. You can text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six just on a related issue involving uh, school and you know of the leaving certificate twenty twenty class who got predicted grades and there's an algorithm involved and god knows if they're going to have the same chaos when the results are out in the next week or so i say week or two two weeks but as they had in the uk and they had to do a complete u-turn on the algorithm system in the uk and just go with teacher assessment Uh, but what about next year's leaving cert class, you know, they've had a really bad 2020. Um, And it was uh, interesting because Maria got in touch. So the reason I'm emailing in relation to the announcement of leaving Sir 2021. Uh, The Minister has said that 2021's Leaving Cert will go ahead. The Leaving Certs of 2020 had 95% of the course covered before lockdown, and they're getting the fairest of outcomes by a predictive grade Leaving Cert, in my opinion. Now we've had an announcement that it will go ahead for 2021 next summer. My son is about to start into Leaving Cert, and hopefully returning next week after missing out on very important months of learning Since being sent home on the 12th of March, he and his school pals are way behind. And this decision has caused a huge amount of stress for them going into sixth year. Does Minister Foley have a crystal ball that we don't know about? How can she make this call when they haven't even gone back yet? It sounds like, come hell or high water, 2021 Leaving Cert is going ahead. The department said, yeah, but they'll have more choices. An example would be... English poetry they'll get six questions instead of five to choose from there's no extra time allowed to read and decide and frankly you know at the exam if half the course isn't covered it won't matter anyway how many choices they're given I don't think the leaving start of 2021 will have 95 percent of the course covered I think our announcement's a bit premature as schools could be open and closing for the school year on and off and maybe as one of your listeners said today another deflection from Golfgate. Uh, I'll be contacting Minister Foley and my local TD, Padraig O'Sullivan, about this matter, says Maria, by email to neil at redfm.ie. And JP then is suggesting if and when you have an opportunity to talk to Jerry Buttimer, listen to your show. The other morning you mentioned that Jerry Buttimer may be on the show on Wednesday. I updated on that this morning. He's not in a position to talk to me today. Uh, I understand he's probably having a very, very tough time of it, and he says when he's ready he will talk. But JP says, well, I know you have many questions to ask him. One thing I think you could ask him is who exactly paid for the meal and the golf on the day? Uh, I know that Jerry Buttermore brought his partner, so did he pay green fees and also the 50 or 60 euro for each meal? Or was this all covered by the society, i.e. the taxpayer? We're the best country in the world, but we're led by the worst of us. One caller also mentioned Tomas McCurtain, Michael Collins, honourable men who gave their lives for this country and for us to be free to run our own affairs. Well, if those gentlemen, McCurtain and Collins, could only see us now. Good luck, says Jeep JP. My understanding of um the uh, you know, the round of golf and the meal afterwards is that whoever was playing golf and whoever was eating the dinner had to pay for it all themselves. I think I read somewhere a few days ago that the cost was eighty euro ahead. You had to pay the green fees and the meal yourself. But the eighty euro got you the round of golf and the food. Um don't know what the story is with regards to the bar or anything like that, but I'm quite sure. I would imagine everybody paid their own way.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red
1: FM. I'll get you calls in a few minutes' time on Phil Hogan. Phil Hogan is a disgrace. The Guardia are a disgrace. The whole political system in this country is a disgrace. We're treated with utter contempt. And like good sheep, we take it time and time again. I say enough is enough Morning, if Phil Hogan survives this scandal Ireland will be in big trouble because he oversees Brexit talks He is not liked in England, he surely must go Hogan, now in my eyes, has changed the precedent for me If I was ever caught driving while on my phone I would just say to the guard, with reference to Mr Hogan's case I accept your warning guard and drive on you drive off with the guard standing at the side of your car. <laughs> You'll have blue lights following you. Hogan is a member of Fina Gale. Why can't Leo expel him from the party and show some bottle? Yeah, You know, talking about bottles and what have you. Myself and my wife stayed in a hotel in Killarney the weekend before last. They had a section in the hotel there for residents to have beer without food. Was it only beer? Like, could you have had a gin and tonic or a glass of vino? Beer without food, a section in the hotel. On the Friday night, myself and my wife had food elsewhere, but we came back to have a few drinks, to have a few drinks in the residence bar. There were four to five tables with hotel guests from all ages of people in their 30s to 70s. We went to bed around half past 10. The following evening, we did the same thing, but we were informed that the guardie had raided the restaurant bar on the Friday night and... After 11 o'clock. And they now had to close it at 10.30. Have the guardie anything better to be doing? It's time to try and protect the vulnerable. And to let the rest of us get back to normal. What you're saying is there was no harm in the wide earthly world. With a few residents having a couple of drinks in the residence bar all sitting apart at their own tables and getting a bit of table service. I know what you're saying. Uh, on the pubs, the, co- the government should leave the pubs open from 5pm to 10pm, all of them. I think if this was done early, it would spread out the crowds. I think everybody would be happy then in the pub trade if that could happen. Most pubs don't open till the afternoon anyway. And then lots then on Mary Lou. I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. I think there's a text knocking around there somewhere from yesterday saying uh, that I'm always down on Sinn Féin. <laughs> like... <laughs> a month or two it was I'm always supporting and is that Sinn Féin FM I can't, I can't win Mary Lou is getting soft Neil she's not answering the questions like she would have once she sounds like the rest of them now sadly says Connie uh, she's absolutely the same as all the others she was on the air with me yesterday morning which she stopped beating around the bush put her hands up and said we made a mistake inviting all those people to that funeral she feels she's indifferent to all of the rest of us here we go again from Mary Lou, The High Moral Ground. How appropriate, how inappropriate was the carry-on at the criminal Bobby Story's funeral? Michelle O'Neill was given hugs, taken selfies. It was a gray out day out for them, great day out for them. It's different rules for the shinners, all right? Can anyone out there honestly say they never use their mobile phone while driving? Please move on. It's interesting you tell me to move on, but you make a comment on the same subject that you want me to move on from. I always find that interesting. Anyway, we'll come back to all of those, and there's lots more of them. But I want to spend more time this morning on our giveaway in association with Balancholic Credit Union. they give me a couple of grand to spread around, share the love, and share the dosh. And I'm interested in your stories. If there's an expense or a bill that you need uh, paying, or indeed um, a contribution towards, then we're looking for your stories. Text 0868104106. So let's get on with that, shall we? Okay. Give it some time. Dennis, good morning. Can you hear me alright, you can, Dennis? I can,
16: I can, I can hear so you. fine. Where, where
1: are you are you in the are you in the country the county somewhere I think You're down west, is it? I'm down in Skibreen, West Cork, Neil. okay. Okay. And just share with me your story. Sad enough story as it is.
16: It is, Neil. I'll tell you my story. About two years ago now I moved from um I mean here in my new house, sorry, two years ago my hobby sadly passed away. I came home and found him at his eternal rest. So did I move from a bigger house to a smaller house? bringing in my memories of him with myself to make it a fresh start in the new house. So through COVID, it kept me busy because I had time to concentrate and get out in the garden at the beginning because the weather was lovely. And then I started doing up the, the, the new house that I have, so uh, busy times. Sad but, but happy memories. Craig. I know.
1: Poor, poor old Gerry. Um, were you together long?
16: We were together about, in total, Neil, about five, say, six, seven years <clears throat> because um, we had our civil partnership back when it was introduced, and then poor Jerry got rest and got cancer, so I surprised and upgraded to civil marriage. So we had a very whirlwind, busy, lovely time together. Very good memories moving forward. So you were married three years. We were mar- We've been married two years now. This, um, this the 25th, Oh yeah, you are married. So sorry, you married yeah, three. Years. And yeah. when
1: did Jerry pass away?
16: Jerry passed away. His anniversary is actually on Sunday two years ago.
1: Dear, so oh my God, that's so sad. You had so little time together.
16: We had, but but looking back, Neil, and having time to reflect, you know, through COVID and everything, we had we had a wonderful time together in that short space of time, Bean. We did a lot together, <coughs> which was a good thing. Looking I back, know,
1: and, I know, but still, way simple. too short. And and uh, and I hear it wasn't cancer in the end; it was a heart attack, was it? <laughs>
16: Yeah, unfortunately, poor Joey, he recovered from cancer, God rest him, and, and it just a uh, heart attack, Then When I came home from work, I found him asleep, gone to his eternal rest. <clears throat> just a heart attack, yeah. Oh, heartbreak. Too young to go, but uh, you know it is heartbreaking, but people go through sad things, Neil, and you know, we just have to move forward. And how are you because, coping?
1: Like, are you coping all
16: right? I am, Neil. Do you know, I'm, I've am i good support from family and friends. I was very lucky that way. And, and I time to reflect through COVID. And I'm getting on. There's good days and bad days. I know. Days and, and are you and both
1: from Skibbereen, or was that where you just made home? Originally,
16: we're from a little village called Cailclan, West Cork, just outside of Bantry. That's where we both came from originally. But living, moved to Skib. That's where I moved when I got with Jerry and that's where I made it my home that's why I didn't want to leave it as such I want to, this is where I found my happiness and this is where I stayed on
1: and clearly you're surrounded by memories of Jerry
16: you know oh, you- that's the, that's the thing Neil and this is what I want to make it in my new home is memories going forward with him good memories and you know it's not all bad and you know people move on and people go through tragedies in life and you have to pick yourself up and reflect on the good
1: times You well. are very positive about it in fairness to you yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah, moving forward Neil is the way to go And what would you like to do? As in going forward? Well you, you, you're, you're talking to me In regards to wanting to Build memories in the, in the smaller house Of Jerry and your time together And that's going to take money I assume
16: That's going to take money, Neil, because uh, like I have started on it, but obviously, you know yourself with a house, it it takes a lot of money. And and I started on the garden through the COVID and it's just finishing off bits in the house, like doing it up, painting, decorating, blinds, just different things
1: that goes into a house. Yeah, you want to finish it. You want to finish what you started with your, with your, with your husband.
16: And I'm almost there, Neil. I've been very lucky as I said I've had time through COVID, which isn't always a bad thing. Did you have to stop working? Was that it? Well, I actually had finished work anyway, Neil, because I had been working with rehab care and that had finished, so at that time I had finished. So now I'm just actually reapplying for different ones because I'm a qualified care assistant and I spent years working in Bantry Hospital, 23 years of my time. I gave that up and resigned when Jerry got sick because I wanted, I had no idea I wanted to spend that time with him initially <clears throat> so that's why I resigned
1: oh, I my post there I know I know I know I know okay so uh, clearly then of course there's not money to be thrown around the place like confetti at a wedding so, uh, so <laughs> a, contribu- a contribution from our bill pay fund wouldn't go uh, um, amiss with regards to the work being done no Neil absolutely not alright All right. do you have a figure in mind
16: Neil, I've no figure whatsoever. Say say money doesn't buy
9: happiness. It's just I don't into competitions.
16: But did I the boss, did the
1: boss, the other side of the glass here, mention a number or anything? No, no, nothing, Neil, nothing like that. What would be fair in an effort to be fair to everybody else? What would, you, what would you be happy with? Neil, I would be happy to accept among
16: these people that, you know, what you, never, what you didn't have will always be a, a, a good thing to you. I wouldn't put a figure on anything. As I said, money, any little bit will help without being too
1: over the top about it. Okay, well, let's say 200, will we, and we'll call it a day? That'll be spot on, Neil. Right. Appreciate it. And I, I'll insist on a photograph of the work that you're doing in return for the 200. <laughs> no <euros>. problem whatsoever. <laughs> okay, look after yourself, Dennis, and our Neil, thoughts are with you and your, and your husband, Jerry. Cheers. Megan, good morning good morning okay now you got a leak is it
3: I had a leak in my box room for a period of time
1: and a cowboy came Uh, in I hear tell is it
3: oh yeah he had parked his horse up outside for god's
1: sake where would you get Um, him from do you know
3: Facebook
1: stay away from that kind of stuff unless Uh, unless you can get a referral from somebody who's had work done
3: never never take
1: things at face anyway what happened
3: but he came in and um, I found him a bit intimidating the sheer size of him and he advised me that he'd go up and have a look at the roof. He said I'll be back tomorrow morning but I will have a look so he sent a guy up there and he kept the, the guy took the slates off. Now there was a lot of birds nests in there and there was also two broken tiles and he said this is how much it's going to cost, I need money for the to get the slates and the membrane saving the money he said when it's finished you pay me the rest I said okay fine
1: How much did you give him?
3: I gave him 500
1: And what was the balance did he say? A grand So 1500 did the job Yeah Okay So I went
3: straight down to the credit union and got it and came back the next day I had been out for a couple of hours came back and I was quite surprised they had finished and gone And how long? Um, Oh, well, I'd say they were only there three hours.
1: And how? What did they do in that three hours? Do you know?
3: Well, uh, one of my neighbours was actually watching it, and she said that the guy that was on the roof seemed to know what he was doing. He was, you know, didn't fall off, or he didn't break any slates. He piled them up properly, and the job looked quite okay. So when your man came back, how many slates? Um, there was two broken slates.
1: So he which just he, showed them. he just changed two slates.
3: But that's just it, Neil, because when I had given him the re- the remainder of the money, I said, before you go, could you please just point out the two slates you replaced? And then he got very intimidating.
1: What did he say? Uh,
3: well, uh, I, I'm not too sure about that, now because it wasn't actually me. Well, I said, obviously, it wasn't you on the roof because he was a huge guy. Um, but I said, you know, I, I, these slates should stick out like sore thumbs.
1: Did he show you the broken slates?
3: He showed me the broken slates, but he didn't show me them on the floor the day he was leaving. All right. But to me, he actually put them back on the
1: roof. The same ones? Exactly. Assuming they were broken in the first place. Other other characters like that go up and they break slates. But anyway, so you had to, you were intimidated by him and you gave him the balance, did you?
3: Yes. Yes, I did. did.
1: Okay. And you got an invoice and everything?
3: Uh, I got, I asked him there, I said, uh, can I have a receipt? He wrote it on a blank A4 size paper. 1500 roof job with a scribble of a signature.
1: And there was no letter heading or anything like that. Nothing,
3: nothing. And
1: did he come along with know. a van with lettering on the side of the van or anything?
3: No, no. He came along in a small van first. And then he came along in a big 151 van, which um I later found out was hired that morning. Um and my daughter was with me the day she, that that she finished it, and he she could see that I was being quite i was i was in, being intimidated, and she actually called the guards and and he sat in the kitchen and looked out and said, "Who the f called the guards?" and my daughter said, "I did because she said, "Since you've been here your your name has changed twice. the invoice isn't worth the paper's on." And you have taken 1500 from my mother, which she is still going to have to pay back to the credit union.
11: Yeah.
3: Uh, the guards came. At this stage now, to be honest with you, my heart was jumping through my chest.
11: Yeah.
3: And they said, all I want is a name. I need to get a name. So the bank guard stayed with us, the mail guard went out. And I heard him saying, oh, don't mind her, guard, I'll have my documents over to you in an hour. And I knew the minute he drove off, I thought, oh, my God, that's it there goes my money. So I'm still paying back a loan. And
1: so the guards couldn't or didn't do anything to help you?
3: The, 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 he just came in and he said he said his name was Quinlan, or he said his name was such a thing. Or, kept so,
1: changing his name, yeah. yeah. Kept and his name. Okay, and I suppose he'd have to be hanging around the roof for three hours... Because if you went up and down and did a half an hour's work, he wouldn't be able to justify €1,500. Euro. Mind you, three hours' work doesn't justify €1,500 Euro either. Did the, did it fix the problem?
3: No. No.
1: Nothing it's, changed?
3: Nothing changed. Um, the leak is back now. Um, it's the, the upstairs of my house is actually smelling of, of like damp.
1: And have oh, you God. and have you tried to tra- track him down again on Facebook, where you where you where you shouldn't oh, be getting no, these people gone. in the first?
3: He he actually had pictures of my house up on his face- Facebook page to advertise. And oh, we went God. we went through all different sorts of things. The only thing that I came up with was himself and his wife in Spain in a five star hotel.
1: Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder with 1,500 euro cash now, 1,500 yeah. euro cash to a business is actually 3,000 euro before you're b- had, with tax? Yeah,
3: like, and and... because my daughter, my daughter was actually better than me. My daughter was saying, what's your company name? What's your VAT number? But, what's he, your but, he, but, but he had
1: the money at that stage, didn't he? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And That's he wouldn't give... Yeah. No, no, he wouldn't give a penny <sighs> of it back. And I said to him, he said, what, what would make you happy? I said, just give me my money back. And he looked at me and laughed at me and said, "Not a fucking chance."
1: That's the end of that. You need some. You need. You need us to find a professional to go in and assess that work for yeah. you.
3: Yeah, because I had the plumbers in first because I thought it was coming from my tank upstairs, and they said, "No, it's not. Definitely not that. It's and it's coming from the outside." And as you know yourself, they said to me, uh, "Water will travel through the yeah, tank." I know
1: that. Yeah, but was it was it lashing rain or something?
5: No, not particularly.
3: So how, mean, could you have leaf, days,
1: how could you have a leak coming through the roof? There's no rain.
5: I know,
3: but it was coming through and there was marks on my ceilings. and I've actually penciled, you know, I got up and I penciled around the, the stain. And with all the rain we've had for the past week, there's nothing coming through on the ceiling. It's coming down the wall.
1: I've said it a million times. People need to be... Uh, how, how, I mean, you must feel silly that you engage with this I'm devastated crook.
3: because yeah. I'm actually paying back the credit union and will be for a long time yet. And yeah. I still need to get it sorted.
1: You're, yeah. You've been the victim no. of, you've been the victim of a cowboy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's many when of them I out happened,
3: there. I actually phoned up your your uh, station. And one of your colleagues gave me um, a name of uh, another man that lives in tromoy, and I contacted him, and he sent me photographs of this man. He said, "Is this the guy who done yours?" And was it? And I said, "I said, yes, it is." Yeah. But well, he said he's done for seven and a half grand.
1: Cash. Yeah, so don't be surprised then if you see him in a five-star hotel. And, and he's in a five-star hotel during COVID in Spain. No, no, this was last year
3: when I, when yeah, I started him. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, well, um, I believe that we have some details of this character and I think Brenda possibly has some details of the Facebook page as well, does she? Or it's gone now, is it? Yeah, it's
3: gone. Everything's deleted. And um, the minute that he would finish one job, if you actually put a comment underneath it, Like I said, uh, I put put a comment underneath it one day, the rubbish is still in the front garden. And he phoned me and said, take that down right now.
1: I feel awful for you. You're
3: you you if if, if you're criticising, you're threatened.
1: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. There are so many out there. It's a pity that the guards didn't force him to give you back your money.
5: I know. Really is,
1: you know. I mean, they may feel that it. They may feel that it's a civil matter. I don't know. I don't know. I don't
3: that's know. But they said they can argue should have
1: been more white and sort of think but that's very easy when they. Yeah, listen. You know, you've got fifteen hundred that you're out of pocket. You're going to have more money to spend to put it right. I don't have anything like that, but I certainly would be happy to give you a couple of hundred towards somebody coming out assessing the damage.
3: Oh,
17: thank
1: you so much, Neil. That I know. Do you know something? It's only a drop in the ocean with regards to what you've gone through. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would, I would also like to hear from somebody who'd like to go out and assess the work and just sort out what, at least identify what your problem is. A professional, how about that?
3: That would be absolutely
1: super. All right, okay. Stay, stay with me. I'll put you back on hold. So sorry to hear that, Megan. But there are so many cowboys out there. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I don't know because, uh, you know, Facebook isn't my thing. Um, I just stick to my own Instagram page and look after that and it's a nice and happy place but I m- imagine is there any legitimate businesses who conduct their business on Facebook can anybody answer me that or need to be? do we need to be wary of them all or, or what's the story anyway um, anybody else share stories like that or come across characters like that text 0868104106 Mike Hi Neil how are you okay I'm good now you were meant to be getting married on the 5th of September but that's yeah postponed. That's strange,
17: no. yeah postponed
1: until February the thirteenth. Okay. Um, and where were you going to? Where were you going to tie the knot?
17: Uh, was, we were doing the whole lot in uh, the Park Hotel.
1: Everything. Civil Everything. ceremony, the lot. Yeah. Civil okay. ceremony, yeah. Okay. So everything's on hold until uh, I believe. On lo- February is it?
17: Yeah, Feb- February the thirteenth.
1: Yeah, for Valentine's Day. Okay. Okay. So a bit of disappointment. But what can you do? How, how many had you booked to go?
17: Uh, we had around 150, 160 and at the moment over COVID, we can't, we can't, we don't know what we're going to be able to have until time comes closer again, so it could be only family when time
1: comes and no friends, you know. Very disappointing for you and for Grace though? Oh, it is, yeah. I don't know what way it's going to be in February with 150. I really, yeah, it's impossible I to will, say.
17: Yeah, I won't know until until
1: February anyway, you know and have you managed to get the roadstone park for that date or what's we have yeah everyth- everything's booked we have to change a few, a few players know but everything's
17: sorted now for that date honeymoon on hold uh, honeymoon's on hold we're meant to be going to Ireland and so sure, we don't know what the story with the states is as yet so
1: yeah yeah last place God you want to go to is Florida anyway.
17: Yeah, So, do
1: you lose money for that or anything like that? No.
17: Uh, well, I don't know yeah. We like we've we've cancelled it because we were aware I meant to be going after the wedding in September. We cancelled it, so we lost three hundred euro there. And then we rebooked it for February, thinking everything will be alright in February. So, like, just I think there's another three hundred euro there. and um, like we haven't paid anything off, and always yet because of. Covid, we don't know what, what, no, you
1: know. All right, I was saying. Well, listen, good luck with that. I, I thought for a moment you were asking me to pick up the price of the wedding, but it's, but it's that's <laughs> no. not that's not possible, even if I wanted to do no. that. <laughs>
17: <laughs> no, uh, basically we're to a service, and you know, it'll just be handy because like all well, the money, you know, we're we're after putting away towards the wedding, and like we're after losing money as well because there's one or, one or two suppliers actually after. Not in business because of the COVID, they're not working anymore.
1: So there's money that needs um um needs to be saved. Is it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, but the car needs servicing.
17: the Car needs servicing. Yes, yeah, two thousand over um over the mileage so far. Like.
1: Oh, is it making any? But is it making any noises?
17: <laughs> no, it's. Uh, you only got the car new last year. Maybe, so. it's like,
1: is it starting in the morning? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, sure, tomorrow, you're, then, yeah. you're grand. <laughs> Are there any red lights coming on? No, not yet anyway. <laughs> You're grand. Take yeah, Grace yeah. take Grace out for a meal. Forget about the car service <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a hundred euro. Whether you want to spend it on the service or spend it on your fiance as your own business, all right? Yeah, that's no worries. Alright, kid, take care. So wait till the red lights come on. Mechanics will love me for that. Uh Kelly.
18: Hi Neil, how are you? It says
1: here that last Saturday was the worst day of your life.
18: Why? Um, Yeah, it was very hard. You know, Um, my dog passed away. Skylar. Skylar, yeah. She was only six. She was six. She was actually seven on the fifth of October.
1: What happened?
5: She would be be seven.
18: Yeah, it was hard. Um, She went out Friday evening. Well, Friday night. It happened just to do her toilet. And I've been very aware of people, you know, stealing dogs and stuff. So I haven't really left them out in the garden for too long anymore. Mm. So after about 15 minutes, I went out and there was no sign of her. So I wasn't really too concerned at the time because I said, oh, she's probably going up to the neighbours. We do live in the country, so There's not many places or people. So I know where she would be and still no sign of her after 15 minutes anyway. So we went into the car and we were driving up and down the road. Still no sign of her. So I'd say it was about half as 12. I said, look, I'm going to go to bed. She's not there in the morning when I get up. Obviously, it's going to be a lot more serious. So um, 10 to 5, I got up. And there was still no sign of her back at the door. So I was out bringing in the dog we have out the back. And I said, it was starting to get a little bit bright at this stage. So I said we'd walk the roads and try and find her. And as I was coming around the side of the house with the dog, I actually seen her down the end of my garden. Now, at that stage, I didn't know if she was after passing or if she's still alive. So I panicked. And I ran in and I called my uncle and he came out and he confirmed that she had passed away. So at that stage, we thought she was poisoned or something like that had happened. So I rang the vets straight away and we brought her down to the vets at nine o'clock and we done the post-mortem and they confirmed that she had actually got hit by a car.
1: And made her way back into the house.
18: That's what breaks my heart. Yeah,
1: I know made her way back into the home
18: yeah now we were thinking that like we were obviously it was a hit and run Um, if it was a neighbour somebody put her there they would like all our neighbours know her so they would have knocked on the door it definitely wasn't anybody that was around here that done it Um, yeah so she made her way back home bless her (laughs)
0: oh it's tragic it's
1: so sad poor misfortune
18: heartbreaking (laughs) this is the first time I've ever had to deal with losing an animal and it's just thrown me
1: well, I know, I oh, know, well, <laughs> who, who would do such a thing, it's not something that you wouldn't know about if you hit a dog, you'd know it
18: That's exactly, now, given the night that it was, it was very foggy, we do live in an area which there is a lot of fog No, you'd still
1: know, like, you she's know
18: She's a big dog, she was a pit bull, you can't mistake no, her no, for no. another animal, you know
1: And what is your plan now, is it, um, do you want, to get, you our, want her ashes?
18: Yeah, so we brought her down to our, our vets that we go to in care, um, care veterinary practice. They're absolutely amazing. We've been dealing with them now for a while and they actually run the the cremation through their vet practice. So it's a crowd in County Mead um, have her at the minute. So I got an individual cremation done to get her ashes back. Yeah, so I'm just waiting for that name to come.
1: <laughs> You'll get a nice little box with her name yeah,
18: on it. Yeah, she comes back in a box and it's engraved with her date and and her name. Yeah, it's very nice. But yeah, I didn't. I couldn't bury her. We don't. We don't own the property that we're renting. And I said, if I was to
1: no, from burying her wouldn't work yeah, I know what you mean. No, no that's I'm no dead. listen, you're right. You're you're doing, <laughs> doing the you're doing the right thing. You really and truly are. kind oh, that's so sad. It's just so tragic. I mean, for her to be left on the road by somebody who drove off and then to maybe crawl her way back into the back garden and to die there, it's just so so sad. Yeah. No, so it
5: sad.
1: Is. How much is how much is the cremation?
5: The
18: cremation was two fifty and then the post then was fifty five. So in total then we paid three hundred and five. You so, see, sorry. because when we found her, there was no, like, I think not go near her, I wasn't able, but um, my uncle went down and there was no signs of anything. There was no signs of cars or any damage done. There was couldn't see anything wrong with her. But when the vets had turned her over, ever before they even done the post-mortem, they seen the tire mark on her hind leg oh. and they seen the blood coming out of her ears. So before they even done the post-mortem, they knew it was a car. But then she had a ruptured spleen and a lot of internal bleeding then when we got the post-mortem results back. So it was confirmed that it was a car. <laughs>
1: Listen, if I had if I had uh, an ever ending supply of cash I'd pay for the whole of the cremation, but will we go for how about we go fifty fifty on it?
18: Absolutely no problem. I actually have the cremation paid for. Oh you do? That's done. Yeah. We were I was just texting in because I said like I have the best paid for, but obviously the entity, the car is out and that's what I was actually going to be using the money for, but obviously she was to come first. Yeah. 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 you know, she was coming first okay. the vet well, is
1: actually up. Okay, so you're you, are, are you are you sorted then?
18: I'm sorted with the vet bill yes, okay. yes, I was texting in just because I said like obviously that money was going to for the NCT, the NCT is oh, so, the 19th of September.
1: Oh well let's do oh I get you, the money, <laughs> okay so you need, because you paid for the cremation we need to pay the NCT bill
18: Well, not necessarily more, (laughs) Bill. How much is it? No, um, I'm not too sure. We've bring the car to the mechanic now. Hopefully, not too much. Just getting it ready for the NCT.
1: Okay, well, because the cremation took up the NCT money, let's let's go 150 on the NCT or less if it is less. All right. Oh thank you so much. Neil. Yeah, that's such a sad story. Thanks Kelly. Mind yourself and uh, very sorry to hear about Skylar. Just on the on the last topic there that we just dealt with regards to the uh, the the cowboy on the roof. Brian O'Leary is a plaster roofing contractor morning. Hi Neil
11: O'Leary.
1: Do you hear much of these cowboys, yeah?
11: You yes,
1: she'll be around the whole time, I suppose. Heard, so, <laughs> Megan's story is no surprise to you. 1,500 euro and the job wasn't done. He was intimidating. And it was cash. No invoice, no receipt, just no handwritten note. Yeah, she they're everywhere.
11: There's nothing much you can do about it, I suppose. Because, um, you should, I suppose she should kind of look into who she's getting. Of course,
1: really, I suppose, you know. That's um, the problem, you see. She sees a, an ad on Facebook with photographs of yeah. people's roofs and they look immaculate and she, th- she takes it as face value. And he's a crook.
11: Yeah, and she she complained. Everything started. Thought so I don't. There must be something in the roof. But like, as you said yourself, he could have sat on the roof. He could have sat around for it's The job replacing two slates in the roof it was only a five-minute
1: job. Yeah, but he'd have to sit around for a few hours to try and justify the cost of it.
11: Oh you would like it to replace two slates in the roof. You shouldn't be paying no more than hundred euro,
1: to be quite honest with you like it's absolutely soul destroying. She's got a fifteen hundred euro debt now to the credit union and still needs the work doing. Would you ever go and have a look at it?
11: I really mean, like call it up there tomorrow, for yeah. No, okay,
1: and uh if 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 it's a handy price, um do the best you can um and we have a Aye bit right. of we have a bit of a fund here, so you come back and let me know what it is, will you? I will know about it all. Listen, Brian, thank you for dropping everything thank and picking you. up the phone. Cheers, my man. Thank, right, you. thank you.
11: Thank you.
1: Brian O'Leary, plastering roofing contractor. He's going to go and see your roof, Megan. You're going to get a professional to have a look at it, and then we'll pick it up from there. Listen, there are reams and reams of texts on Pay Your Bills with Balancholy Credit Union, and we'll, we'll drill into more of those on tomorrow's program. But do get in touch. Text 86 We're paying bills, picking up expenses as best we can, courtesy of ourselves and Balancholy Credit Union lending to the community you can get further details at bcu.ie back after the break
0: text the neil prenderville show now 86 8104106 red fm Fair
1: play to you. he says if that lady needs internal plastering after the work is done give me a call i'll fix it for free says rory a self-employed past plasterer we'll pick it up in the morning have a good day i'll see you tomorrow